Hey, hey, welcome to the Phil Drysdale Show. This week we have uh, my good friend who I met many years ago, Britt Herbert, and I'm really excited to um, have her on talking about her journey of deconstruction over the last kind of um, close to a decade now. And uh, I'm sure we'll have lots to uh, talk about. And so let's dive in. Ah, it's good to see you. Finally meet. Well, I I know, kind of met. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Long time ago. That's a long, long time ago. So when was that? That was in Arizona, right? Yeah, I was in Arizona. Um, we had the the Arizona School of Supernatural Ministry right. hosted yeah. at our church, and uh, and you came and spoke, and that was like the first time anyone had ever given me permission to question anything in that arena. <laughs> <laughs> wow, I can't yeah. even remember what. I would have even spoke about it It was particularly because I was still very much like, Oh, charismatic supernatural school. I'll, you know, be very careful (laughs) what I say. Um, yeah. So I clearly didn't do well at that, but (laughs) I don't even remember. I wish I thought about it. I was like, I wonder if I still have like the notes that I took. Oh, that'd be so funny. I don't know know if I kept those journals. Um, but yeah, I just, I remember you talking and I was just like, oh my gosh, like I've thought about this. Like he, he's saying it's okay to ask the questions. No one's ever said that. And the pastor of the church is there like, uh, and what about blah, 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 blah. I don't know. Uh, there was so a little funny. part of me that reveled in the fact that he was uncomfortable because I was like, yes, somebody's saying something. That's so funny. <laughs> I remember that, um, trip was, um, this girl that I knew from Bethel called Phyllis and um, she passed yeah. away, didn't she? I, I, yes. Like a few years ago, really crazy circumstance really. But she like, just basically was like fly into Phoenix. I'll pick you up and I will drive you around all these churches that I do a okay. supernatural school at. And I was like, okay, cool. So I just showed up and uh, we just start going around these churches, but I don't know anyone at these churches. And sure. I don't really, usually if I go to a church and speak or something back in the day when I did that more, I'd like meet the pastor. I'd talk to the pastor. I'd get to know the pastor or the pastor would invite me. So he's following me for a while. So like, you know, you just kind of have an idea of what's going on in this church. What's it like? Yeah. All I knew is like, oh, Phyllis is running a school here and she likes me. So I'm sure I can just do what I want. But I, mm-hmm. even like when the pastor's there in the room, I'm like, I don't even know which person in this room is the pastor is, or even yeah. if he's here, maybe the pastor doesn't come to this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it was just really yeah, it's funny to think of like pastors squirming in the front row. I've, I've made a lot of pastors <laughs> squirm. I'm pretty confident. Sure. Uh, I probably make much more pastors squirm these days, but uh, yeah. Yeah, probably. Funny. But yeah, yeah. I, I followed you ever since then. And, um, you know, there was, a, there was a time somewhere in the middle that I was like, oh, should I still follow? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But I'm glad I did. So. Yeah, here we are. Like, it's amazing as well, like, because you've been tracking with me a long time. I mean, I've only been doing this for like 10, 11 years. So you've pretty much yeah. been with me the whole time. And I probably had started deconstructing at that point. But I was very conscious that my audience were not people ready to deconstruct, right? Mm-hmm. You know, realistically. Yeah. Um, so it was consciously a thing of like, okay, how do I present something to them that will move them from wherever they are into something I might find uh, I might in my very wise and amazing way where I know what's right for people of course I don't Mm. but I might be able to go well I think this would be healthier I think this might bring more freedom to them might you know give them a bit more 
um, room to breathe, to explore. And so like trying to figure out where do you plant these like tiny little seeds when in your own head, you're like, I am not in this place at all. Like I don't belong here. This is yeah. kind of crazy. Um, that was a really weird season for me that you kind of first met. And then you've kind of like along the way, seen me slowly kind of emerge at the cocoon and go, I'm a bit more like this and a bit more like, and then eventually be like, okay, this is who you're getting guys. <laughs> I feel like I've dragged as many people as I could with me. The rest are going to leave anyway. So here we are. Yeah. Um, so that's so funny that like, yeah, I don't think there's many people that have held on and, and that, long. Me yeah. that long. I think a lot of people were done halfway through going, uh, maybe I should unfollow this guy. <laughs> Heretic. So, well done. I'm Heretic. impressed. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. funny. Wow. So, that was eight years ago and you were doing a supernatural school. So were you, did you, um, did you kind of grow up in the kind of charismatic Christian world? Were, were you kind of Christian upbringing? <laughs> yeah, some, well, mostly, I guess. Um, I, my parents were not believers um, when okay. I was young um, and I was four years old. My dad grew up in a, well, not, my dad grew up with his mom going to church, a very old school Pentecostal uh, women didn't wear makeup, wore dresses. You had long hair, but you wore it in a bun always. Right. And, uh, and then my mom grew up where my mom's family is Cajun. Um, so there's a lot of Catholicism in the culture, but it was like a, you know, Easter Christmas mass kind of thing They're, They didn't really mm. practice it in, in everyday life. And my dad, um, you know, he had to go to church as a child with his mom, but it didn't, nothing really stuck there. Right. So, didn't click. uh, yeah. So here I am like four, I'm four years old and, uh, my, my, my paternal grandmother would sometimes take me for the weekend to church and my mom hated it, not because of the church part so much, but because she would dress me exactly like her. So I would come home with these like frilly dresses and giant collars and hair up and a bun. And That's my mom hilarious. Taking your hair down right now, no change. <laughs> um, but I really like church, and you know, in hindsight, I don't, I don't know what I, I think. I just enjoyed being able to be with my friends and and hear stories, and uh, and things weren't really great at my house, honestly. Mm. As as much as I kind of, you know, with where I am now, in with faith and spirituality, kind of wish the following events had not happened. But they did, I think they saved the family unit in the sense mm. of like, my, my parents were certainly on the road to divorce. They each have their own vices and mental health issues. And who knows what would have happened yeah. if, um, if they hadn't had this like sudden radical change when they did. Mm. Um, but I was an only child at the time. I have a brother. He's six years younger than me. And every, once a month on Sunday, we had what was called Britney Day. And uh, I got to pick wherever I wanted to go, the zoo, amusement park, whatever. And on nice. this particular day at four years old, I was like, I want to go to church. <laughs> <laughs> and my parents were like, what? No, no. Like, no you, you didn't don't. understand the <laughs> options were the zoo, the zoo? you know, like <laughs> the park. park. <laughs> we'll go eat at No, McDonald's. church. Definitely church. You're yeah, like a absolutely. one weird four-year-old, right? <laughs> you know, it's like, what, what have we done? Also, How did we raise this? <laughs> I was also a very stubborn and literal child. So um, I, I, I feel really sorry for my mom. She thought I was really rebellious. And I was really just, you know, she's like, you can't touch the stove. And I'm like, yes, I can. 
Uh, whereas if she was like, you shouldn't touch the stove because it's hot. And I would have been like, okay. Uh, so, uh, That's funny. Anyway, they were, they were like, no, you don't want to go to church. And I'm like, yes, I do. I want to go to church. I was dead set on it. It was too late um, to go that day. And we ended up going nowhere, but they promised me that the next Brittany day, if I still wanted to go to church, we would go. So I held on to that. <laughs> we're going to church. We're going to church. Um, I'll never forget that Sunday. We woke up early. My mom made blueberry muffins, which, which then subsequently became like the Sunday morning meal. Nice. And um, she got, we, we got all dressed up and um, my dad got beeped out, you know, back, back in the beeper days. Uh, so he got called out to work last minute. I started crying um mom was like what's the matter and I was like daddy's going to work we're not going to church and she was like well I got dressed up so let's, let's just go. go so my mom and I went we met my dad for lunch afterwards he asked how it was mom was like you know it, it wasn't bad and he was like okay we'll go as a family next week and <laughs> so wow. we all went the following week and then we never stopped going <laughs> wow there you go um uh, but yeah it it there was definitely i can't you know i can't pinpoint everything exactly that happened but my mom uh my mom officially converted you know said the sinner's prayer whatever i think it was like three weeks in wow. and um just cold turkey quit all the drugs quit alcohol she was an alcoholic for sure um and my dad came home one day and saw her just like dumping out all of the alcohol and was like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, oh, I got saved. We can't do this anymore, which is a whole other conversation. But, um, but my dad saw such a major change in my mom's attitude in that one week. Then he wow. decided to the following week. And then they were wow. like, do you want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit? And he was like, yeah. And so they did that. And then he started speaking in tongues and my mom's like, what's that? And, you know, and then, you know, we burned all of our cassette tapes and records and what <laughs> got rid of the TV and, and here we were. <laughs> oh man, no records, no TV, no nope. drugs, no alcohol. You know, it's like yep. twiddling your thumbs in an empty room now. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Wow. Uh, that's that yeah. sounds incredible. I mean, like, I know, like, you know, everyone in this movement loves to shit all over the church and go, oh, look how terrible church is and mm -hmm. it's like scarred us and traumatized us. And all of that is probably very, very true. I'm not taking that yeah. away. But it does show that there are people at stages of life where church is the right thing. It might not be the best healthy thing that someone who is on the other side would somehow custom make for your parents at that point. Mm -hmm. Maybe they would have come up with some sort of, you know, 12 step program kind of devoid of church and a therapy and, you know, family counseling. What well, I don't know, you know, I mean, maybe someone would come up with something that's maybe better, but at the end of the day, this was a really potentially a great thing. Yeah. Um, and we're so black and white with going, oh, church is bad. Yeah. This is better. But actually, it's not always necessarily uh, uh, the wrong thing for everyone um, and maybe no. sometimes a, the right step for people. Sorry, anyway, a segue, but it's just, I think that's so important to kind of acknowledge at times as well, especially when we're trying to integrate that right in our own lives and go, how do I even like this thing? I hate that. <laughs> yeah, I hate, I hate it. But yeah, it, it definitely, I mean, you know, n no one no one knows what would have happened, but I would mm. say on the trajectory, I would have probably ended up living with my grandparents or in foster care, you know very it's a 
the very easy assumption there would have been some suicide in the family. You know, there's mm. just a lot of stuff that could have happened. Wow. Um, and a lot of stuff still did happen, but just very, very differently than I think the trajectory that we were sure. on before. Wow. That's amazing. So <laughs> that was, I mean, like this is early years. I, I always laugh because I, I always felt so bad as a Christian because I never really got many people saved. I don't think I've yeah. really ever anyone saved. I think best Same. I can claim is when I was like a teenager, they asked me to do a talk at the youth um, outreach thing that they did every now and again. And I was bricking it, but I came up with this amazing talk and it was basically just like, look, here's the deal. Say the prayer, right? I mean, even if you don't mean it, it seems to me kind of foolproof. You say the prayer, you get in. You might as well say it. And like 14 <laughs> kids raised their hands. And I was like, yes, but I don't think the youth pastor was as excited by my speech as uh, you know, I was at the time. I was like, yeah, it worked. Why don't it it's easy? Ding, uh, ding, ding. But, Jewel's but, on the crown. <laughs> yeah. But here's you at four and you've got two under your belt, right? I mean, you're at four year olds, you've you've saved two adults. I mean, this yeah. is pretty good. Might like, be the only one. <laughs> feathers in the cat here at four. Um, that's pretty amazing. So did you continue to absolutely love church and, and be all about church then for quite a while? Oh yeah. Um, I, you know, I, again, I think as a child, it's really easy to, to love it. Mm. Um, you're, you're with your friends, you're learning stories. Um, I also ended up going to um, my church's school. They have, they have a private school. Okay. So for the years, as long as I was living in the States, I was a, I was a missionary kid, which I'm sure we'll get there. Um, I went to school at the, at the church's school. So a lot of the kids in my children's church class, Sunday school class, like we were all classmates mm. too. Um, and so it was, it was really fun, like car carrying it on, hanging out with my friends, yeah. uh, you know, things, the environment in my house is definitely much better than it was before. Mm. And so, so, so I didn't have any complaints and, uh, and then, you know, we ended up being missionaries and, um, our church before we, well, I would say I was seven when we moved to Russia. So I have, I have an infant brother at this time. Okay. Um, my parents felt a, a call to be missionaries in Brazil early on, like shortly after we started going to church. Uh, we had a, our church um, sponsored a missionary in the Amazon who was who was on furlough and came and spoke. And my dad was like, "We're supposed to do that." And my mom was like, "I'm not living in poverty." <laughs> that, was her, <laughs> that was her response. That's funny. That is so funny. <laughs> That's me but. to a T when my, my dad, like, who's a, he was a pastor and we had nothing. We got like, mm. like, he's not your mega church pastor pulling in like, you know, 200 yeah. grand a year. Like he was, he, we were living off nothing. Um, if we went on welfare, we would have made more. That's actually mm -hmm. true. But he was like, yeah. to like being like, no, I'm going to do yeah. it honorably or whatever. I don't know. Mm -hmm. So like, everyone, when they were asking me, like, are you going to be like your dad, a pastor? I was like, hell no, I want to be rich. Like that was my yeah. response. My thought of like, sure. do I want to be involved in ministry? I'm like, uh. I, I didn't know Joel Steen was a thing or, you know, whatever. I was like, uh, no, everyone I know that's in ministry is dirt poor. I want to be like a rich businessman or something. Yeah. Right? I, I actually, I, I still have issues around like, like I want to be completely self-sufficient when it comes to, I have a hard mm -hmm. time asking for help, anything around money, because a lot of my life we were reliant on, on other right. people you know, supporting us. And I hated it. And I even, we moved to Brazil when I was 11 
And uh, I ended up starting my own business teaching English at 11 <laughs> and uh, to Brazilians because they had they had to learn a second language in high school, sure. like 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 we do here in the States. And um, it was English or Spanish. Most of them wanted to learn English. But the city I lived in didn't have like their English teachers were Brazilians who learned from other Brazilians. And and, you know, a lot of people wanted someone who had an American accent. There you go. And yeah. uh, and so I was I was making like. 35 hey eyes per person per hour um which you know at the at time 11 yeah at 11 muddy muddy yeah and my parents borrowed money from me all That's the time hilarious. hit or miss if i got paid back in fact i actually got shamed a lot if i asked for money back and yeah. and so i just in my teens i was like i want to make money and it's going to mm. be my money uh yeah. you know i i'll g give whatever away but but you know, I'm not going to be beholden to anyone yeah. else. I can't take it from me. And, uh, and I still, I, I've definitely worked through a good bit of that, but I, but I still have a little yeah. bit of a, like, like this is, this is mine. And, yeah. uh, did, did you're giving away, I've never thought about this, but it just kind of like flicked a switch in my brain. Um, but when you were making your money, did it influence how you gave your money, knowing how a lot of missionaries live, knowing what it is like to live in that lifestyle? Was that something you would think of when you were like, dang, I was that person's kid. I don't want them to have to struggle. Or did that ever, because that's never consciously crossed my mind. But when I think about how I gave as a Christian, I definitely was looking out for me as a kid and my dad as the pastor or the missionary or the evangelist or whatever going, Hmm. that's something I really want. I don't really care about like tithing into the mega church or whatever, but yeah. I'm like, Oh, you're a missionary. Oh, you're mm -hmm. whatever. Oh, you're like living hand to hand. Like, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Even, even in it, like even being a missionary kid and having money, I loved to treat the other missionary kids to like, you know, like let's go get some ice cream and let's go shopping. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I just, that, that's always been something I really enjoyed, but yeah, definitely after, uh, even as an adult, you know, so, someone really struggling, um, you know, in ministry or not, definitely going to give something. And um, yeah, other missionary kids, pastors, kids, even like if I was part of a church who supported missionaries and they came in on furlough, like I'm taking their kids out. Like we're going right. to, we're going to go do some fun stuff, you know, um, don't, did, did not want. And, and, you know, even for a while in Brazil, I'd say we were actually, uh, there were times that we were poor and there were times that we were rich. Cause at one point I think the, the currency was like four to one American dollars. Right. So okay. you know, we suddenly have four times the money we normally yeah. have. And, um, and, and Russia was a completely, completely offset experience. Um, we mm. were there, you know, just a few years after um, the fall of USSR and it was very mafia wow. run at the time and you know com comparatively we we had a lot of money and so we would we would like have our russian friends or like our translators um you know we we'd be like hey like we buy them a can of coke and a snickers bar or something and they're like this this whole thing is 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 for me and it was like you know cost us two dollars and they're like oh like i'm gonna save this can of coke so my mom can see what it looks like when you open it. Cause she's never seen this. And wow. you know, if I buy a Snickers bar, we're usually cutting it into 10 pieces for everyone to share. So just really, uh, you know, very different perspectives and, yeah, gosh. Uh, but yeah, 
I, I definitely have a, a money thing still. <laughs> <laughs> it messes um, I, with you though, doesn't it? I mean, it does. Like, it, 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 yeah, it's, it's statistically proven those that, that grow up without and those that grow up with do have different outlooks and different things. They are more propensity to hoards. They're much less likely to, uh, they're more likely to save, less likely to save, you know, all kinds of different components come into play that, that it does kind of just mess with your psyche, you know? Yeah. Um, so many stories like orphans and stuff like that coming into a really a family with abundance and they will never have to worry about food again but you know taking a little sneaking bits off the table and keeping them in their room in case you know they need extra food and you know stuff and i and i know like that's probably not either of our experience even when we were struggling like it, the, the families yeah. that I was, but the, it messes with your head having that kind of like my safety and security and comfort is based on someone called barbara giving the church that sponsors us 20 bucks this month, you yeah. know, or whatever, you know, like yeah. and if, them if that's their, enough, yeah. that could shift it all. Right. <laughs> you know, or, right. Yeah. Or, and then, and then keep being able to keep up their livelihood in order to give or still like right. what we're exactly. doing. You know, we have to be, we have to be accountable and, and different, different supporters had different vision of what, of mm. what that was, you know, so, some right. cared about how many, how many souls you were winning and, mm. and others were a little more lax and, you know, some, some cared about the image you were portraying in general. And, wow. um, Did you have to present? Cause obviously that's a thing. Like I know like growing up in church, we always got like the missionary once in a year, the missionaries would do their tour and come around and give us a talk or whatever. And, but they'd also like send in like missions reports, you know, every few months you'd have like a yep. little thing with a picture of the family and what's going on. And, um, and obviously, to some degree, there is an element of like, okay, we're going to flush this up, you know, like, you know, make it a bit look better. Maybe like, I'm not saying a lie or anything, but like, you know, like oh, yeah, all the but, good stuff yeah. and maybe leave out the bit, you know, like, the, you know, so yeah. whatever. Um, it's like the Christmas newsletter, your grand sends, you know, it's only the good bits, right? It doesn't tell you that, you know, she, whatever, I don't know. Um, was there an element on you as a kid growing up as well though to have this kind of image you're the missionary kid you're you're representing christ you know people are, people are looking at you going well what is this christian thing do i want to accept it Brittany? you better like look good you know was that yeah. something you had to deal with um I, I don't think i felt it so much toward our supporters as i did just in especially in brazil because i was there from 11 until i was almost 18 so wow. so you know it very different i was in a very different place in life than when we were in russia and and it was a very different experience you know being in brazil mm -hmm. versus russia as well um but you know uh, i'm white so so i'm gonna stick out everyone knows my name Mm. um like you know we lived we we lived on the amazon but it was we lived in a city of like 360,000 people still. So, um, but there's like no one in that city who doesn't know my name, you know, wow. whether or not they know me, uh, they know like that's the, the white missionary girl who sings and she has the weird name because, you know, Brittany, Brittany doesn't exist in Brazil. So, mm. um, and there was definitely a lot of pressure to, to be the poster child of Christianity as a you know as a, a pubescent young woman and and like if you slipped up at all everyone is gonna know mm -hmm. and we also um the the, the ministry where we were a part of was very very big on accountability and discipleship um like 
you, you have your discipler and you meet with them weekly and they go through this list of things. Um, did you tithe this week? Did you, uh, do you know, did you watch rated R movie? Did you, uh, did you have lustful thoughts about someone? Did you masturbate? And, and like just, uh, just a whole, it was like 20 questions and every week you have to answer to this. So funny. And I always wonder like how they come to this sort of like committee that comes up with the questions. <laughs> what about we ask about the R rated movies, anyone? And everyone's kind of thinking like, I did that, but that's a good point. Yes. Get that on the list. Yes. yes never ask me that, but good God. Um, but it's funny, isn't it? Like how they come up with this kind of, what, like, did you volunteer information? Well, actually I didn't do any of those, but I did do this. this well, that's not yeah. on the list, but we should probably add that to the list. Yeah, we should add that. We should add this to the list. Um, oh, and so if, that's an intense if, environment if, for a teenager though. If you answered incorrectly, um, you know, incorrectly, then um, it was automatically brought to like your disciples superior. It was very business run, this wow. whole thing, you know, and then let's say, so like I was on the worship team. So if I messed up, then I would get removed from the worship team wow. for a time while I repented and did whatever else I needed to do. And everyone would, it would be told like, Hey, Brit, uh, you know, That's had so funny. thoughts against this person. And so she's not going to be singing for a while. <laughs> everyone gets uh, up at worship time and it's like you're just sitting in the front row and they're like well i guess you know? she fucked up this week uh, <laughs> so funny which it's just so as a teenager where you're just so living constantly paranoid as well and what do people think of you oh god <laughs> and then and certainly held to a higher standard as you know a, a pastor's kid and a missionary mm. kid um and i think being white in in general which you know i think white people we've done that to ourselves we put ourselves on a pedestal but yeah. uh but i did you know i didn't know that i didn't ask for that so uh so yeah it you know it, it definitely breeded a culture of lying and shame and because mm -hmm. why, why are you gonna why are you gonna tell somebody that you slipped up if it's gonna cause all of this chaos in, in your life so yeah. um so i definitely felt like i had to be um on point and i i wasn't a particularly uh, bad child either. I, I was fairly obedient and definitely had my, I definitely had my things. Um, was pretty good at keeping them secret, but I wasn't someone who was just going to go and, and, you know, do everything that people look down upon. But mm. it, it, it was some, you know, modesty was a big deal. Brazilians, uh, the Brazilian culture in general does not, does not adhere to nearly the same, you know, uh american christian standard of modesty and right. uh, i remember i had these uh, you know my clothes were all hand-me-downs like whatever people sent me whatever other missionary kids had for me and uh, and i had this pair of shorts that was like down to my knees but it was like it cut off really weird in the middle of my knee so i rolled it up twice and so it was still to my knee but um like the president of the mission we worked with went to my mom and was like, I think you need to have a, a chat with Britt because, you know, she's she showing a bit of need to have that Jezebel spirit, you know. Wow. <laughs> so, yeah. wow. That's intense. So, so I'm quite intrigued by that. I'm intrigued by a whole bunch of different things that, that, um, there's so many different directions. But one, one of the things that, I mean, this is blown up on my, page so much more probably since about two years year and a half ago i started following um no white saviors and yeah. from there went on this whole journey of like kind of uh, trying to um address my 
racism, my implicit racism, a whole bunch of different stuff that's there that I don't know that's there, the systemic, what's, how does that shape to me, all that stuff. And, and through that, meeting amazing people, Joe Lumen is probably one of my favorite people because of her focus on it within my tradition of Christianity yeah. and decolonizing that. I, I know that you've kind of tracked with some of that stuff as well, at least recently. I've you know seen you mm -hmm. engage with some of that stuff. How do you look back on that time from that perspective of now being a bit more aware of just how much of a like the white savior complex, that kind of white supremacy that is intermingled as well, meaning, you know, the intention is there. Um, generally speaking, nine out of 10 people have probably way higher than nine out of 10 people have no um, malcontent or desire. Um, uh, but the impact is negative a lot of the time. Yeah. Um, Looking back, how do you how how have you kind of perceived that and processed that and and reinterpreted kind of your time there? Because I'm sure at the time, young girl brought up in this environment, brought up by missionaries, brought up you know, you're probably not you know you're probably not literally you know like uh, reading anti-racism literature you know <laughs> not working through um, you know the the crossing the lynching post or you know that that's probably not the, the work you're doing at 14 uh, you're busy yeah. making cash you know <laughs> um how is that how has that affected you i know we're jumping like way into the future oh, to this time but i'm intrigued by this yeah so i i'm still i'm definitely still processing it um but i i do have i do have some thoughts and opinions certainly as a, i don't think any of us as kids even thought twice about you know like we we thought we were brazilians you, you know like i mean mm -hmm. we knew we were american especially especially those of us there were a few of us who were actually born in brazil um but you know like we knew we were americans like at heart we were brazilian and yeah. and you, know, you moved what, what age did you move to brazil i was 11. Yeah, yeah. such a young age isn't it so yeah mm -hmm. okay um and you know so i don't and and you know serving god is the right thing and uh and so bringing, you know, bringing everyone else to God, like that, like that's, that's what we're doing. We're out here doing the hard work and, and, you know, and I don't know how far we'll, I don't know how much we'll say about like this ministry in particular while I'm here, but I have a lot of negative things to say about it, but I, but there's a lot of really cool things that we did too. You know, like we built our own boats and they had different purposes and we went out to river villages and, and we dug wells and we, you know, we gave people clean water and we built schools and we we had doctors come from the states and canada and southern brazil and we go out and you know places who were days and days of boat ride away from a hospital and you know we we saved some lives we help people get healthy so a lot of really really cool things that we've done i don't think anyone i i couldn't even say that any of the of of the actual missionaries that we worked with had any sort of like malice or ill intent mm -hmm. in in their hearts towards any you know towards the community but there were definitely outside of you know my feelings of proselytizing and and whatnot and we can talk about colonization or whatever outside of those feelings one of the like little things that we did that i didn't even notice as a thing but now i look at it and i'm like wow how elitist were we like how like mm. how bad is this so there were a lot of American missionaries um, in this particular city, Santarém, Brazil, um, and this and this ministry was in multiple areas of Brazil at the time, and now is like in, in Japan and Italy, and uh, even I think there's a they have a church here in Chicago, um, 
so so it's you know it's it's really it's blown up even more but they were they were in all sorts of places but this particular city which like the flagship of the mission um they had a compound of sorts so there was one street owned most of the houses on the street and then there was one like gated area that had several apartments in it and a big courtyard that we you know had a basketball goal and and a soccer field and a a big gazebo where we'd have like all of our holiday stuff and prayer meetings and whatnot and um, all of the Americans lived on that street or and or in that compound and it was called um, Gringo Land and you know like you could you didn't have to know your address if you if you need someone to take you home you just you're like oh i live in gringolanja and they, mm. everyone knew everyone knew where it was right they probably didn't uh, even really have to ask where you lived right they're right, like right. Gringo, gringo. Gringolanja, yeah. <laughs> um so i just and it was really great for the missionaries and and i, and I say they're still again not taking into account colonization or whatever like there's still an argument to be made for that it's very hard to be a missionary it's very hard to be away from from your family and friends and live in an area that you don't know with a language that you don't know um which are maybe all arguments (laughs) and reasons to not go but (laughs) but assuming you think you're doing the right thing if you could power through um, that any issues um it's really nice to have um that community yeah oh i bet um but when i think about it from other perspective i'm i'm like man how like how must it have felt to to just you know there's this whole like subdivision essentially of mm. of of white people and they you know they might invite you into their home but you're not invited to all of their parties and you're not you know you're not in the day to day and um is just very different and i would actually like to someday there there are two people in particular who um brazilians who grew up like with us and pretty much in it their their families were either very close to a missionary family or there's one who um his mom was the maid for for one of the families and she worked for them for like 15 years or whatever so he grew up with us like as one of us but then not as one of us right Mm -hmm. like uh, we're all we're all homeschooled and we see each other during the day and he has to go to school and then when we have you know our christmas parties or whatever you know the brazilians are not are not invited and so it's like uh, you know more in than your average person but still an outsider and even to the point where it's like oh you're gonna fall in love with one of us like there's no way you know no way Mm -hmm. you're gonna marry any of us you know so so there I, I would be interested to know from their perspective now how it was being a like insider outsider because i can't yeah. imagine I, I i imagine it has to have affected them in some ways that that you know yeah. i i don't know but but yeah so things like that um like not getting into you know the the broader thing i i'm very I don't want to say I'm anti-missionary now, but I'm I'm close. Like, <laughs> not like you know, screw you for being a missionary. But yeah, you're not um, like running into missionary like, like you're, you're doing terrible you know? <laughs> um, But you're close. <laughs> yeah, I'm close. I'm close. Um, I you know I would like to think that there are some ways to do 
to do some sort of missions appropriately. But honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's true. The more and more I think about it, the less and less I think it is, which is strange too, because I actually thought for a long time that I would create something for missionaries. Mm. Um, I wanted to, I just, I saw so much, which, you know, my family went through a lot and, and, and mental health was extremely, extremely taboo thing in evangelicalism. It's still not great, but, but it was very, very, uh, mostly just skirted over, right? We, we, we don't, um, and I just, I, I saw a lot of it in my own family and, and I saw other families going through similar things and missionaries coming back to, to States or to wherever their home countries were and falling into a major depression because nobody knows, nobody knows what you've just gone through. No. Uh, and I, I even would see it for people who go on like a 10 day mission trip, right? You're on the, you're on this high and, and you're helping people and maybe you're seeing some kind of miracle or, you, you know, like, and you come home and everyone else is lived their lives these last two weeks and and was like oh hey great story but you know nobody else is impacted like nobody understands what you've gone through and nobody understands what you're going through trying to come back to your to your reality and I really wanted to create a retreat for missionaries to come I wanted Mm. wanted to be able to support it and all of my money Uh, (laughs) I wanted to be able to, to absolutely support where they could just come and chill and be relaxed and not, not have to do anything. We want the ATVs. I want the boats. Like I, like I want everything, um, come and have fun. We'll cook for, you know, all, all of your meals are taken care of. Um, we'll have some counselors on site who mm. understand, you know, who, who have been in that world to know, and, and they can even help coach you like as you're, when you're on the fields. And, um, and I also wanted to bring in people to teach like how, like, maybe other ways to be sustainable in the country, in the country you're living in rather than simply relying on support from other people. And Mm. I had, I had this whole dream and now I'm, you know, (laughs) fuck missionary adjacent. So uh, (laughs) so I don't know. Uh, You can set the same thing up. It's uh, like a deprogramming center. (laughs) Sneak a a sack. (laughs) You don't need to be a missionary. Um, Yeah. Um, But I see, you know, and, and even looking at, at like what was created there, um, some very, some, some very cool things happened. Um, but we also, there's still, it's, it's bad. I, 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 I don't even, I don't know the, the, the mission that we were a part of as well was, was family run. And, um, as with many family run things, there's, there's real, real culture of control and manipulation and I mean that was obvious in, in the whole like discipleship thing too and uh they wanted you know control over their missionaries to 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 a great extent which is ultimately how we ended up leaving that mission mm-hmm. but it it's just it's so ingrained in the people of the church as well um and one thing I will say that starts off positively and ends negatively. When I first moved to the, when we first moved to that city in general, there was no middle class. Um, you were like very poor or you were, or you were very rich and people coming to the church actually ended up 
creating a middle class of sorts. Um, people were happier. They were, you know, they were chucking the alcohol and, and going to work and trying to be good stewards. And, um, and not that this, not that any of this completely solves the problem. It actually hits a lot of stereotypes that I don't love, but it did create, like, it did cause a lot of people to, to join the workforce and, and want to, and want to do well and get promotions and you know suddenly there are mm. all these cars on the street that didn't exist before you you know your average your average joe median is much higher than it was before um but it has it has become like i don't know they've become a little bit famous and in such have created working situations that are amazing if you're an upper upper level pastor and then terrible if you are you know some other worker in the church or ministry and mm. is just kind of flip flopping that whole thing. And the church is actually creating the divide um, mm. of the wealthy and the poor rather than uh, right. Trying know, to cre that. creating a, a, a situation that doesn't do that. So. Wow. Yeah. So you were there till 18. I'm assuming that means that you left to do university college, something like that. Is that kind of the transition? <laughs> uh, it was the plan. Uh, we actually, when I was 16, we moved to Rio de Janeiro. That's when we left the, the mission. Um, and there was a church plant already there with a pastor we had met before, but he had ties to a church, uh, a mega church in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. We were familiar with because we're from that area. And, um, and so we went to, to help them out. Um, so we we're there for, for about a year and shortly before my 18th birthday, I actually decided at that point that I wanted to go to university in Rio. Um, wow. I, I had no, at that point I had no intention of leaving Brazil. I loved Rio. I loved where we lived before too. Um, there was a journey to get there, um, thought I would hate Rio because I finally grown to love where I was mm. living and now we're being ripped from it. Um, I was very, very upset about it, but ended up loving it. They have great schools in, in Rio. Um, I, so I, I, I was homeschooled through all of high school, self-taught really, which is, which is also its own, mm. own story, but I finished all of my work at 15 and I wanted to, I think we had a conversation about this recently I wanted to come back to the States. I was going to go to Louisiana State University. That was kind of my plan. And my parents were like, no, you're too young. And then they told me that I could come a year early if I went to ministry school. And, and I was That's like, right. no, I don't want to do that. But um, we're in Rio. I'm like, I want to go to school here. They would not accept my homeschool diploma. And, uh, and so I did an accelerated kindergarten through high school in Portuguese, nine month program. Wow. I did it all. I was just about, I actually did all the work. Um, but my like the like graduation ceremony or whatever was shortly after we came back to the States and, oh, man. and it was, a, it was like, it was, it was a, it was a quick thing. My mom was having a very hard time. She was going to leave us. And uh, so it wasn't like a plan. Wow. It wasn't a, yeah. a planned situation. And so I didn't, um, didn't get that, but, but yeah, that had been my plan. So we ended up coming back to the U S shortly before my 18th birthday. I was very, very upset. And yeah. uh, I was like, I'm almost 18. Can I just stay? And, and my dad was very much like, no, you have to be there for your mom. You have to come with us. 
And, uh, and he was like, in six months, if you still, if you still want to come back to Brazil, then we'll let you, but they, uh, they didn't. Uh, I mean, at that point, you know, I was, I was technically an adult and I could have, but so remember all the money that I was making, um, mm. through my teen year, preteen and teen years, I actually had in my head, like I'm saving for college. Like I was trying to put money away and my parents were like, no, 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 we actually have a college fund for you. Like go and be a kid and have fun with your money. And, uh, and then we came back to the States and, uh, and my mom wanted to build her dream house and they took my college fund and built a house. So, nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, and then at that point I was just like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't know what's good anymore. And I don't know what I want to do. And I didn't want to go to college to just go to college. So, right. so I, I ended up being like, I, you would have, I had Harvard dreams originally, but, um, but the way that I was homeschooled that wasn't um, in link with anything. And, you know, I didn't know mm. about all the extra things that I had to do for an Ivy league. So anyway, um, I would have been the last person though, that anyone knowing me growing up would have thought would not, would not go to university. Um, I wow. did eventually get a, a bachelor's in business administration online, but I didn't go, I didn't go to college, but yeah. So I was in Louisiana wow. for a couple of years ended up moving to Arizona for a really cool job, worked in behavioral health, mostly with indigenous Americans for, oh. for almost a decade. And, uh, and now I'm in Nashville. If that, mm -hmm. uh, you know, <laughs> yeah. So in, in the, in the jumping around, um, do you come back from Brazil and go straight back into kind of that similar kind of world of Christianity? Like there was no kind of, um, disconnect in that process because sometimes it's in a major upheaval that you reevaluate these things or things like that but you, how did you kind of um handle that with your faith i um i didn't ever take anything out on like to me um until the last like year or so there was never a question about is god real um you know for for like 10 years before before now i have been deconstructing a lot of beliefs but but one thing I was so sure I was going to hold on to was um, God is God and God is good. Mm. And um, so it didn't impact my faith in the sense of like what I believed. But I will say that my biggest culture shock coming back to the States was the church, um, which I didn't expect. I would have thought mm. going into the workforce, you know, like right. suddenly not being around Christians all the time was going to be. And there was some, I mean, it definitely some things that led to uh, some very, some, some very embarrassing things. Uh, like I worked at a Sonic. I don't know if you've had the, the pleasure, if it is of eating at a Sonic drive-in when you've been, um, here in the United States. I, I have been, I've had diner. food from a Sonic. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I actually managed one for several oh, wow. years, but, uh, but I went to work. Is Sonic uh, the one that's got like multiple, like, stalls. um, stalls that you drive yeah. through? God, that that blew my mind there's yes. things that it when you're from europe you get to america and like you consistently are amazed by the things that can become drive-throughs <laughs> right so you go oh wow banks you guys just don't park and go into the bank you just do the drive-through thing i yeah. guess it's kind of a little bit low-key lazy but i like it okay cool and then you just kind of expect oh drive drive drive-through ammunition 
that feels like less of a good idea, but okay, cool. And like, you know, so you, you consistently kind of come into terms with different drivers because we basically have drive through fast food. And even then, only in kind of like bigger cities in a smaller rural area, you get out your car and you go walk, yeah. you get it. Um, but then it's things like when I went to like something like a Sonic, I'm like, yeah. really? You, you couldn't just do one? That wasn't, you, you were like, let's just do loads of these. We're anticipating eight people coming at once and we want to serve them all immediately at the same like. It was next level. Did I lose you? Are you there? Oh, you're the you're back. You froze for a second. Um, yeah. But yeah, I I love um, I love okay. the American European differences that what you just don't know exist until you Difference, get there and you're yeah. like, whoa, drive through liquor store. Wow, definitely yeah. not good idea, right? I think that was in Texas. I saw that one. <laughs> I was like, this just doesn't feel like at any point. Yeah, I mean, yeah, nobody yeah, thought this through. Yeah. Have you, um, in Louisiana, we have drive-through daiquiri shops. So you actually go and get like a cup of, of alcohol and it's not an open container if you don't stick the straw in there. So, right. so there's like, you know, people are like taking the lid off and drinking and driving and, and it's not an open container. <laughs> it's fascinating to me, really. So it's, it's fascinating to me because in um, Scotland, where I'm from, we have a zero to to tolerance policy. So if you have any alcohol in your system, that's it you lose your license. Yeah. You're done. It's just, yeah. there's no tolerance. Oh, you you don't have, and you're done. Wow. Like, yeah, say like done, no wow. license. Uh, whatever the term is, three years, five years, I don't know what it'll be. Um, yeah. If you're, if you have enough, I mean, you're, and, and it's enough is a small amount. You're talking jail time. Like, I mean, we don't tolerate drinking without, yeah. Yeah, so there's just no concept of like, why would you <laughs> put at risk people's mm -hmm. lives for the sake of having a, drink get a taxi you know or whatever walk yep. right um but that is something that's fascinating me in america is how common even in the church where i'm like well you know there's a whole other level of like ethical moral implication you think you're at least more moral being in the church but yeah. like i'm like the amount of people i would hang out with when i was in america for four years and then even when i travel and stuff that like drink a decent amount not just like you know a pint of mm -hmm. beer or whatever and then just get in the car and drive home and like, you want to lift and i'm like not from you no <laughs> like if you want me to drive for you because that was three whiskeys like it's a little over yeah. <laughs> fascinating it's just a different cultures again but yeah, I, it's, it's terrifying sometimes that one that one is terrifying for me that the drink driving kind of component but again it's it's all contextual right it's in your own bubble different people have a different idea but yeah mm -hmm. drive through daiquiri that's a that's an idea uh, yeah <laughs> I, I would just because if I started up a drive through daiquiri, I'm like, I'm sitting with lawyers for a long time before that idea gets, I'm like, guys, okay, I know we're not technically facilitating any drink driving, but is there any chance at some point a lawsuit hits us? Because I feel like there's going to be some people that get hit by cars and there's going to be a spilt daiquiri on the floor of the car. The police are going to find that. Phil's daiquiris, we're going after Phil. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I'm I'm just too forward thinking for that stuff. I'm 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 covering it with the lawyers like hard before yeah. I open that business. Yep. But yeah. Uh, Sorry. But yeah. Totally yeah. No, it's good. Sonic was my it was like my first uh, American workforce experience, wow. and um, I honestly, you know, I was like was like the good girl or whatever. Everyone knew I was a Christian, but it didn't. There were words I I wasn't used to hearing on a regular basis that kind of threw me. Yeah. But but it was just, I felt very accepted. It was, it was in church that, that things were so different. Mm, and it's interesting. Um, and so I, what ways were they so different? Did you think? 
Yeah. How did you so, I mean, and, and again, I did come from uh, a ministry that was like, had very, very strict rules on, I mean, dating was not a thing. Um, you know, you, it was this whole like courtship It's called the Royal Romance. Um, and it had to be approved by your disciples and, you know, you know, like everything was very, very controlled. And I didn't, I mean, I had to, I had to, you know, agree essentially with it because I was in it, but mm -hmm. it wasn't like a lot of it just seemed like a very far stretch to me, even at the time. I just didn't have, I didn't have the, so many things seemed so wrong growing up, but I didn't have the uh, experience or the vocabulary or the emotional intelligence to be able to, to put mm. them to words, uh, which I think is part of what, what made deconstruction a little bit easier whenever I got there. It was like, okay, so all these things that I thought were bad, they, they were abuse. You know? <laughs> um, so, uh, anyway, uh, I, I get to like the youth group and these are people that I, you know, this is the church that I, that I was in in the early years and, and the, in between Russia and Brazil, we were, we were there for four years. Like I've known a lot of these people my entire life. Uh, or almost my entire life and it just there was it, there was such a disconnect and everyone was dating everyone in the youth group like not at once but it was like I, I'd be dating you for two weeks and then suddenly you're dating my best friend and, I, and I'm just like this this what? is this is not a royal like, romance right? <laughs> but, right? and also we're hanging out like it's no big deal and I'm just like I, I, don't, I don't know I don't know what's going on and um, everything was such a production, you know, which is very different. Not that we, um, there were things that we did that were, that, that were a production in Brazil, but it just seemed like everything was like some gimmick for, for, you know, for, to get the kids in. And, uh, and then the way that my parents were treated, the way that we had, the way that we ended up leaving the mission field, right. The church didn't know how to, how to address that or, or, or be supportive at all so they just kind of right. wrote us off didn't nobody you know didn't really talk to us it was there was no explanation for why we were back uh, oh. and um i think my mom someone recommended that my mom go to a christian counselor um which i'm very triggered by that term now but, um she went to one session and the the counselor told her, it's like, oh, there's nothing wrong with you. Um, you just needed to vent, which it, it was it was just like it's sad on so many levels. I, I I'm no psychiatrist, so I'm not trying to diagnose my mom, but I do know a lot about about mental health and 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 you know I worked in the field for a long time. I've got loads of trauma of my own that I'm working through, and um, I have some ideas. Uh, uh, of it, but also like everyone can benefit from therapy. I Absolutely, think, and so right? and so to Absolutely. just be like, oh, like one session, and you've just unloaded, you know, your entire life in one session. Not to right. mention, you know, ten years on the mission field, or, or you know, it just and that to a therapist doesn't make me think, oh, I need to go deeper into this. It makes me think, right. okay, so you're done now. Good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we did really like well. My, we got through thirty like, years in one go. Yeah. She came home and she was like, I'm, there's nothing, you know, I'm good. There's nothing wrong with me. Not that, you know, not that I want to be like, there's something wrong with my mom, but you know, in, in like a negative way, but that anyway, I just, it was very, and I didn't even know how I felt, you know, therapy was kind of this like 
off concept like you know you see it on sitcoms where where like rich american high school girls go to you know go to therapy because their parents are absent they're always in europe and, and <laughs> yeah um but but i you know i was still like i i that just doesn't seem right so mm. uh anyway uh, the w- the way that we were treated and and then just dynamics in the youth group the the youth pastor also just had and again didn't have the knowledge or vocabulary to put it there but it, it like definitely some narcissistic tendencies and and I wanted to get involved right away like that was my like you know church has been my life and 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 I mm. love it and I want to like how can I get involved and he was like okay like we're so happy to have uh you know no one else here has had the experiences that you've had and you're going to bring a new perspective to to what we're doing and we're and we're just we're so excited and your skills and your talents and your skills and your talents and your skills and your talents but in order to be a leader here um we're going to need you to not listen to any secular music and um can't watch rated r films and um and then you have to promise that you're not gonna go move anywhere for a really really long time and <laughs> hey like, uh what <laughs> like I, at this time because i actually grew up not being you know remember we burned all of our cassettes yeah 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 Records first couple on the list you're like okay yeah i've done this <laughs> right? before yeah 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 um i had I, I don't think i started listening to uh non-christian music until i was like 15 um then i wow. like um my dad let me listen to some oldies and then and then it just kind of grew grew from there uh, but I'm like, I just finally got to a place in my life where I can listen to, to non-Christian music. I'm going to, well, yeah, I want to be involved. So I'll give it up. And I'm like, finally got to a place in my life where I'm allowed to watch rated R movies. But yeah, you know, but then I was like, promise That's you're going to be here for a long time. And I'm like, um, I haven't like, I haven't lived anywhere yeah, yeah. consecutively <laughs> for more than seven years and, um, and not even in the same house in that instance. So I was just like, I don't, I don't why mm. and uh and and he had you know it, he had this whole thing where just like several of his leaders had gotten married to people from other churches or other places or wanted to go to hillsong school of ministry and and like left him and he felt like everyone was leaving and so he was just trying to like grasp on to everyone and make them commit to uh, uh even wow. ask for a lifetime commitment and I'm, I'm like i i'm 17 i can't i'm i'm actually really proud of myself now talking about this that i had the the wherewithal to say yeah like, absolutely I'm 17 i can't i can't promise yeah. you that i'm gonna be here so what an um, unreasonable request for any human be being <laughs> at that age as well you know like at that age yeah. like i mean that's the age where people start to go okay maybe yeah. but like what kind of weird it kind of exposes some really weird theology that people have underlying that you know it's like oh what a waste of time that I equipped this person to become a leader. And then they went and became a leader at a different church or used that gift somewhere else or went to get further training. Like that was a waste or that was like a betrayal. And it's like, well, this kind of betrays some sort of greater, grander cosmic kind of purpose that you clearly don't believe in on some level, because this would be a good thing. Yeah. And for a church who like cared so much about missions, um, you know, like we, we supported so many missionaries Mm. sent out so many missionaries and so to be like oh you have to stay here in this in the small town you know indefinitely to serve in this ministry it it, it was very strange and so 
Um, I couldn't be a leader because I wouldn't give that commitment. And so I went and like filled a seat at the youth group for several months, just like hoping that they would see like, I'm here and I'm faithful and maybe they'll change their mind. And, you know, I did the, the manual labor that I was allowed to <laughs> setting up and tearing down chairs. There you go. Yeah. But every single time I went up for prayer, this pastor, um, this youth pastor had a prophetic word for me. Um, and it was all about how um, I was never supposed to leave. Like, this is going to be my home forever. And I was my like, God. nothing about this is genuine. And so I eventually So at least you kind of, you saw that though, right? You were like, this is not yeah. genuine. You weren't like enamored. Because I know, I've known at that age, God, I probably would have been like enamored by this person. It's a leader I really would look mm -hmm. up to. I want someone in that position to kind of like think I'm the bee's knees. And if I at that age had had a youth pastor that said, you need to be here for the next five years and I'm going to train you to be the greatest. You, you'll have my job when I move on and become the senior pastor, whatever the next step is, associate yeah. pastor. Like I would have grabbed that. I think I was really quite desperate for, so on some levels, I don't know. It's really hard for me to conceptualize what I would have done, but like you didn't have that response. You were kind of like, no, that's no. messed up. That's not true. Yeah. Or, yeah. That's messed that's, up. That's really yeah. interesting. And yeah. And I stay around for a few months. Like I said, like just trying to show like I, I'm here, but I'm not going to get you know, like, I can't promise you forever. And uh, eventually it just, you know, at this point I am 18. I have a job. I'm making, you know, I'm making money and you know, I have freedom. I'm going to have a car. And, mm. um, and it, it just like, I eventually stopped going. I would go, I would go on Sundays, but I was, I have always been so involved in church that going just to sit and listen, you know, to a sermon and say hello to people and goodbye to people. It's just never been my, uh, my cup of tea. Mm. And, um, and anytime I have been part of a ministry and have eventually been so vocal about something that they didn't like and been reduced to a like, well, we're not gonna, you know, I, I don't have a story where someone was like, leave quietly, um, and leave immediately, but it's just been, uh, like you are, we would love to have your skills behind the scenes. Uh, you know, you can do some manual labor for us and, you know, volunteer right. 40 hours a week behind the scenes. But when, you know, when it's Sunday or whatever other, you know, whatever other church service day, you're, you're in the seat and you are silent. Wow. Uh, <laughs> That's so fascinating. And so... I, uh, so yeah, I, I have, um, through, through all of that, you know, I'm 18. Um, I quit going, I go on Sundays occasionally. I actually, sometimes when I became a manager at Asonic, I often would schedule myself to work during church times just so that I had that excuse to give my mom, um, mm. but I wouldn't say that I did it myself, but, but, you know, it's just like, Oh, I can't go to church after work. And, um, and then uh, and and this has been kind of consistent and through my adult life, right? I will I'll start to miss it. Mm. Um, I'll start I'll start to miss church. Um, I don't know don't know what it is. I I don't know if it's because because I could say community, but but the truth is, is I've always anytime that I have been in a place where my church community has always proven to be not a real community if anything, you know, mm. if I differed in anything, I always, um, I always found the people 
in it that ended up like carrying on to be to be a true community but I, I've always just like I built my own table you know like I feel like I don't yeah. fit in I'll, I'll build my own table the right people show up at it um so it's not like I've ever truly missed community but I think it's just the involvement which now makes me want to vomit because I hmm. there's a there's a coffee shop yeah I'm in the buckle of the bible belt here in in, in Nashville and and there's a, a coffee shop that I like to work out of sometimes. And almost everyone in this town is a Christian, I, I swear. Not in Nashville proper, but like the outskirt town. So the town this coffee shop right. is in, like, it's probably 99.9% .9 believers. And That's I'll be funny. sitting in there and just, you know, there's a Bible study over here and there's a pastor planning a sermon over here. And I just like to listen. Um, I actually started, I have a, an Instagram handle called like coffee shop eavesdrops or something that I was going to yes. like start stuff but I never did that's so um, funny <laughs> um but I'll just hear people on the phone and like like someone will call and and they're like oh oh yeah it's been a long time since I've seen you and you can like imagine the conversation on the other end right like yeah yeah we absolutely need to hang out yeah I would love to oh no I can't on Thursday because I have small group and oh no I can't do that day because I have worship practice and like no I have you know I have to be at three services on Sunday and and wow. you know and I'm just like how was I this person like, yeah yeah you know like um just That's like so funny no time no time for anyone else but I think you know I uh, there were there was just something I liked about being involved and I think it was mm. the idea that I was doing something good for uh for other people and so I always end up back and then I'm enamored at the beginning and then I learned something new um about God and you know then I find out all the terrible things about myself and I try to fix them and then it's like oh and then all of a sudden like once I get past you know once I work through my own stuff enough then I'm looking and I'm like um we're not really not really helping our community here you know like like these people are hurting over here let's go let's go you know let's go do something or or um or like hey this person showed up at our church and nobody wanted him here because he was gay and like what are we going to do about that and uh and then and then it just ends up being a whole you know and then i start to feel unreasonable as i you know the more and more i get quieted and and then i have to you know it's like oh hey uh you're you're you know you're hurting this person like you keep talking you keep talking down to them you're you know mm. this is abusive which i feel like abuse just seems to be like such a big word and, and it, it is a heavy word for sure but it's like as soon as you call something in the church abuse you are like a harlot because mm -hmm. um, it's like no 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 it's like all of a sudden you know we're, we're all sinners and we're all saved by grace and mm -hmm. and no one will no one will use the word abuse and um and if you do you're just like you're too harsh and I think yeah. a great step that we could take to to healing what's what's hap you know what's happening in churches all over the world and just I feel like the church in general especially the American church is if we could just if we could at least say like hey this was abusive yeah um and then you know hopefully that would come with an I'm sorry and these are the steps I'm taking to work yeah you know, yeah to, to but there's it. all those but, steps required but I mean when you're not even <laughs> first like i mean the amount of people that will be like well, well you you know you can't speak poorly of 
Christ's bride or, you know, yeah. this is the body of Christ that you're speaking for. I got that so much. And I would just yeah. post some funny memes or something. And I'm like, mm -hmm. dude, have you ever laughed at yourself? It's okay. Like, you know, yeah. like but people are like, no, it's, it's criticism of the body. You can't joke about the body, you know, like, um, and, and so a whole nother level, when you look at stuff like um, do better church and some of these yeah. movements that are, that are coming to the surface that are going, so like a whole bunch of people got raped and like abused and silenced and stuff. Can we talk about that? And it's like, no, we're sending yeah. you a cease and desist. And how dare you? Like, honestly, how dare you speak so yeah. negatively about the body of Christ? And it's like, but <sighs> not even acknowledged the people who got raped. Right. You know that that part yeah. happened, right? right. And it's like, no, right. no, no. The issue on the table is that you mentioned the people you. getting raped. Yeah. That's our issue. We need you to deal with that. No, no, no. I don't think I need to deal with the fact that I mentioned you rape people. I think the thing is maybe you could mention the fact that you rape someone. <laughs> deal yeah. with it, question it, like apologize, <laughs> make amends, make, you know, start to make some sort of process. But it's impossible until we can bring down that defensive barrier that says receiving criticism does not negate every good thing you can do. It does not negate who you are. Like we all screw up, right? It's okay for yeah. you to go, oh, I was a terrible husband today. I was in a foul mood. I'm really, really sorry. And that doesn't mean that I've been a terrible husband my whole life. It doesn't mean that I'm worthless. It doesn't mean that my wife hates me. Um, but it probably has gone a long way to making tomorrow a better day for my wife, <laughs> if I can admit that. Yeah, and then admit it. in admitting it, I maybe look at myself and go, so why was I such a terrible husband? Oh yeah, because I didn't eat enough and I got really grumpy or whatever, right? Uh, it's like that's why can we not do that right what is it in us that's so defensive um yeah i, I, I don't know I, i've actually I've, i love you know I'm, I'm not a spokesperson for do better church by any means but i do i man the twitter or woman the twitter uh, uh, over here and you know i help create some of the slides and some of the stories are mine none of my stories have been posted yet but um i'm definitely contributing but i look at the and i've gotten so many dms like why why do you hate the church why do you you know like why do you hate all all of the people you've ever been in ministry with and i'm like i don't right. i don't hate anyone i'm like in fact that's why it's been so hard to to talk about this stuff because yeah. i don't want anyone to feel like i hate them but like and and the stories that were coming in that that's is what led to the creation of do better church definitely helped me like okay because i could easily like oh it's just even even though i'm like oh i've been part of like 27 ministries and i've seen this in all of them and i you know i've talked to hundreds of people who have seen the same thing in their circles you know but at this point it's like okay these are people i don't know with story you know with with stories in churches that i don't know and and all over the u.s and all over the world and and i've had nothing to do with these ministries and the same kind of things are happening like that's a problem like it like i mean it was a problem before but like and so and joe has been joe lumen is is mm. is an amazing person i'm happy to have the access to her that i do and um and just the way that she unapologetically will speak out to people is good it's like yes i have like I've tried to do this, but I only get so far and then I feel unreasonable. And I, and I'll ask her, you know, like I'll see her like when the John, when John Chris comeback video came out and oh I gosh. saw her, I saw her in the DMS and, and I'm like, she's saying all of the things that I want to say. And I'm just like, thank you. Thank you for doing this. I feel so unreasonable. And she's like, I feel that sometimes too. But then I remember like so many people feel that and 
I'm the one who's strong, you know, like we're the ones who are strong enough right now to be able to say something. Um, yeah. cause we're not, we're not in that anymore. And we've worked through enough of it that we can be vocal. And I'm like, Oh my gosh, you're right. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, it just, I, and every time she posts something, I actually texted her yesterday. I think it was yesterday. And I was like, can I, I was like, can you adopt me? Cause I was like, I think we're like close to the same age, but, uh, but yeah. like, I just want you to be my mom. <laughs> That's so funny. She is um, honestly the best. I love her to bits. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah, uh, seeing the stories and do better church and I, and, and that's, I mean, I'm actually like, I want to do a series of stories on my own Instagram to show it. I don't know. I don't, I don't know that I owe anybody any reason for being absent for several days at a time, but I'm like, it just, it's so easy to look at my, at, at any content that I create or share and be like, Oh, she's, she's so offended and she's so hateful and like doesn't you know doesn't care about anything it is like it you know aside from all of the the shit that i'm working through on my own right now like i i i'm talking to these people behind the scenes and we're having conversations in your discord right and like mm -hmm. like things that things that are heartbreaking and victorious and wonderful but just, but but taxing you know emotionally taxing and really then taxing. i'm typing up these do better church stories behind the scenes and i'm just crying and and uh you know and then and i see an, another uh you know christian figure commit terrible acts and then be put right back in the same position and like all of that like comes up for me again and 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 just like you you know this is stuff that you don't see um yeah. and so i you know i don't know i'm trying i'm trying to navigate this whole like have it have it out there on the gram thing cuz i i'm not i've never been someone well i've always been a, a vocal and fiercely protective person i've not been someone who puts a lot of the stuff out there and i really feel mm -hmm. like i'm supposed to be um, otherwise I would not do it. <laughs> <laughs> You've got to be a certain type of person to want to do this, um, with, without being like, you know, having this drive that says I was yeah. put on this earth to do this because God damn, is it not generally speaking, the most rewarding thing, not because people aren't very encouraged by it or because people don't tell you they're encouraged by it, but because we don't listen to any of that and we listen to all the hate mail. Um, so it just is very tiring. It's really, really tiring. And then when you're working with yeah. stuff like abuse and um, deconstruction, things like that, like you're, you're, you're listening to people's stories and generally speaking, they're absolutely awful, terrible, heartbreaking stories. It's really tiring going through that and engaging with that and, I don't think many people realize the toll it can take. Um, it, yeah. It's amazing. And they also don't it. see, you know, they also don't see that you, you know, that you are talking to people five and six hours a day or, you know. Nobody see sees the, the behind the scenes. Yeah. Nobody sees. So, um, so you know, uh, <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. So, you know, and, and, you know, I don't even have that many followers, right? You know, I have like, I think I have like 480 something followers and, um, but it's definitely we'll change going this up after as that I'm, podcast. As it's going to jump. Yeah. We'll, we'll get everyone. <laughs> I'll, I'll plug it big. Well, and I'm sitting here like, do I want more? <laughs> I, do, well, I do. I'll, I'll just do. give him a false I, link I, if you I don't. <laughs> I do. I do in the sense that I, you know, I want to help whoever, whoever yeah. is to be helped. And, and, and I want to, you know, people like you and, and, you know, 
I'm, I'm trying to think of who else I follow now in this realm, but you know, Joe, Joe is fairly new to me uh, mm-hmm. just in the last like six months or so, yeah. even no white saviors, which isn't even, you know, like a, like a Christian particular thing. I followed them for the last couple of years, just mm-hmm. the learning that I, Derek Webb, just learning, knowing that I've not been alone in this whole thing and getting different perspectives and, and from people who, yeah. um, who are, you know, who have landed and, and landed being not a finite term, right? Because I think most of us who've deconstructed, we know like our set of beliefs now, like when presented with new information, we're, we're absolutely open to there being change again. Yeah. So, but people who, you know, who I, who currently identify as atheist or agnostic or Christian or who stayed a Christian the whole time or who left and came back and, uh, you know, mystics and, and it just, just having all of that, being able to see um, a, a wide variety of the way people are living their lives, but every, yeah. but each of us having gone through a very similar process. I'm like, if, if anything that I've gone through or am going through is helpful to just one other, you know, if it helps one other person feel not alone mm. in this world, <laughs> um, then, then I'm doing something worth doing. Absolutely. And that's, and that's ultimately what I care about. Um, hate, hate mail, hate messages or whatever, um, as much as I don't want them to affect me. And that's not my focus. I have to remember that it's going to, it's going to affect me at some point. It's going to, if, if my platform gets bigger, um, I know that I'll see it more, but, um, it's the other messages that, you know, the people who, who want to talk for (laughs) four to four, five and six hours a day that, that I do it, that I'll do it for. So it's really, really valuable and important work. So yeah, no, thank you for doing it. I, I've been loving your um, your Instagram stories. Um, like I, I'm fascinated. So you're talking about if it helps anyone, it helps me uh, because you've been doing a series working through my posts. Yeah. Um, so I did the deconstruction myths series that I probably still need to do many more. I'm sure I could think of four. But you've been <laughs> posting them and then like just you know fleshing them out and talking about what you think about it, how how it's um, you know how you've perceived that myth experience that myth what you think about that why you think it's not fair um and i'm like whoa this is really good stuff like this is really helpful it's, it's helping me see new no- nuances and angles to it and so um i think it's really 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 valuable stuff you're doing you're putting it in in fresh unique ways um if if you're helping me get more out of my own stuff i have no doubt that you're helping many other people that haven't even begun to think about some of these things and, and are putting it in really accessible helpful um ways and having uh, accessible conversations about that i'm seeing you having conversations via the kind of q a kind of stuff and yeah um, thank you yeah it's, it's really great it's, it's, and it's important it, people yeah. need this conversation um and each of us can if if we're really really lucky we can talk for a couple hours a day on on instagram with people um but people need that and there's a lot of people that need that so the more of us carrying that uh that weight the better you know the more of us being out there going hey i'm a safe person to talk to i want to help you on this journey i can't help you in the way that uh, you maybe want in that i can give you guaranteed answers and make everything okay but I can help you in the sense of like, I can sit with you and cry at how hard this is or, or we could just walk and go, I have no idea. Nope. Me neither. Okay. Well, let's just hold hands and walk up this hill and see what happens. <laughs> like that's the best oh. we can offer right now. Uh, but that's a profoundly important thing, I think for a lot of people. Yeah. Um, and so it's, it's great. I think it's wonderful what you're doing. Um, it really is. 
Um, It's been cool too, because I didn't even, whenever I started posting, I didn't even necessarily mean to talk so much about deconstruction specifically. Mm. Um, My goal was to just share actual stories from my life and what I've learned. and, and And I'm getting to that. But I started talking about deconstruction for two reasons. One, I wanted, it was kind of an announcement, like to people who follow me and who know mm-hmm. me like, Hey, like this is real. Cause also my, my Instagram was used previously several years ago as a, like I was, I had my own business. I was a, a coach for women of faith and helping professions and mm-hmm. everything was very centered around scripture and, and God. And then, um, and I stopped doing that. And then I just kind of used it as personal, whatever, you know, whatever I'm doing this today or um, you might not hear from me for three months and then, and then like, oh, you know, you see my food one day, <laughs> but, um, but I, uh, so it was just kind of like, Hey, that, you know, I, this coming from a very different, whatever I'm, whatever I'm posting now is coming from a, a different, a different person, uh, the same person, but you know, uh, from a very different perspective than the last time mm. I've been consistently posting and, and it was, and it happened to coincide whenever I finally decided to take the jump with, with do better church starting. And so I was like, okay, well, let me just go ahead and, and plug do better church at this point. And, um, and then the responses that I got from that was a lot of people who were like, Oh, Oh my God. Like, thank you so much for saying stuff like this. Like I've been deconstructing and I haven't known like who I can talk to it about it. And I always get worried that I'm going to be judged. Like people like you who are such strong Christians, you know, (laughs) and like, and, uh, and very similarly and oddly several people on my, who are my followers who I know who I've considered, you know, I'm like, Oh, they're really going to hate this. Um, you know, they're probably going to be praying for my soul for, for extra now are ones who've reached out like thank like thank you so much for saying this you know I'm I'm going through a similar experience or um or I didn't realize these three things were abusive like they didn't feel right to me but but now that you're putting these words to it and I know and um and and then I and then I also of course have and then I have the people who are who are just unfollowing and then and I have a little bit of hate but I also have people who seem to genuinely want to know, like, hey, how yeah. can I, how can I show up for a deconstructing, yeah. a deconstructing person while I am a Christian but not deconstructing? And yeah. that's that sparked some some cool conversations yeah. as well. So I've stayed on the actual like deconstruction party, which I was like, oh my gosh, like now I have all this uh, like I have different content that I need to <laughs> now, and so that's how I ended up on your miss. I was like, well, these have sparked some great conversations in the comments, and I've thought a lot mm-hmm. about them, so um so maybe you know to help to help those who are deconstructing to put to put some verbiage around what they're going through but then also for these people who are like how can I support a deconstructing person when I am not like well these are some of the common things that people tend to believe that that aren't true Mm. and so maybe you know you can tailor your approach now knowing you know that it's very different than what you perceive it to be Uh, and I am working on a whole thing specifically about you know how 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 to approach someone who is deconstructing from a from a supportive place that's huge um, if you aren't yeah Um, i i get a lot of messages from people that are going through that you know and and so i mean obviously i get a lot of messages from people going hey i'm deconstructing and my partner's fundamentalist and isn't 
what can we do? How can we do? Is there any way for this not to end in divorce? And a lot of panic. And um, there's a few good resources out there. There's not many, um, but I know um, David Hayward, Naked yeah, Pastor, just put a book on that. Um, I've not looked at it. I don't know how helpful good it is. I'm assuming it'll be great because mm. everything I've come across of his is fantastic, <laughs> but I don't know. Um, it might be a miss. I don't know. Don't hold me responsible if you don't like it. Um, but um, it's it's a whole other element that we don't often think of just how hard this is for a fundamental, and I don't mean fundamental necessarily in a negative sense, or just, just in a very real practical descriptive sense, a fundamental Christian, i.e. life is very black and white and I know what is right, I know the path that I'm supposed to be on, this narrow path, I know what it is, and suddenly your partner is not on that narrow path, that's a big deal, that's like a bombshell, that is like my world has ended. Um, and and honestly, those are some of my favorite people to talk to. Um, and and the, the, the amount of people that come to me that are in that position going, hey, look, I don't get what the hell you're talking about. And like, I'm trying to follow your page. I'm trying to, and some of it, I'm like, okay, I kind of get some, but most of it, I'm like, this just makes no sense to me. My husband's making no sense to me right now or my wife or whatever, but I don't want to, love them badly you know i want to i want to be able to love them well i want to be able to figure this out i want to be able to make it work how can i do it like the heart behind that is astonishing um it's the same as when i see like a a, 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 a parent come to me who says my kid just came out as trans or gay and i have no idea what the hell to do because everything in me is going danger 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 they're burning in hell you failed as a parent what will people think they're the worst thing since Satan incarnate. Um, kick them out of the house, disassociate, make sure you make everyone else know at church that you don't approve of it. You know, all, yeah. But I don't want to do any of that. I don't know how to find permission not to do it. You know, the, the war that people go on and through, you know, I mean, like that's it's a lot for people that are on the other side of that. And and so creating resources that help them and give them um just the grace that a lot of people aren't able to as well i think when you're in the midst of deconstruction and it's quite an early process for you in an early stage the last thing you want to do is have a very graceful conversation with your your abuser in a sense yeah. right mm -hmm. uh, and so this person is just triggering you every single way right they're constantly bringing up hell and like you know but god says or the bible says like that's just a conversation i'm ready to have to be able to create resources for that person to engage with rather than rely on the person that's you know going through this extremely hard time that's that's potentially really huge so yeah you need to yeah. keep posted on that for sure because yeah well, well yeah. and that's the thing too like it, the people who have messaged me specifically about like having a conversation um you know i it's it's been obviously there's no one size fits all for anything but a big thing that i've talked about is is the power dynamic of that and like you as a non-deconstructing Christian needing to be sensitive to that. Like you, especially if someone is like in the throes of deconstruction and have no, like everything is, is like disappearing and they, they have no idea yeah. what's real anymore. Um, they're, they're already going to be apprehensive to having a conversation with someone, even if you didn't specifically abuse them, you were in a system that did. And um, there's going to be, there's, there's already going to be fear that, you know, the only reason you want to talk to me is because you want to reel me back into this. And mm -hmm. those are conversations that I, that I can't have right now. So, so both, uh, 
like you need to be able like you have the power in this dynamic at this time and you need to be able to come show up with no agenda whatsoever other than this is my friend and I want them to feel loved and loved and supportive and mm. and I go and I go through some specifics of what that looks like but but also I'm like you, you know you may have the purest of intentions um but and and you know you you send a text to someone like hey let's get coffee or whatever and they say no like you can't you you can't take that personally yeah. um you know and i was like and don't push it like and so you know and i create like a whole a whole like something like hey i know you're going through a really hard and overwhelming time right now i want to be able to create a safe space for you as a friend whenever you're ready mm. um and, and I'm like, and then, and leave them alone in the sense that you aren't like consistently asking yeah. to have coffee or hang out. Be like, you know, send them a line, let them know that you're still there, but make it about, make it about them and who they are and what you miss about yeah. them, you know, and, and not, and not this, like, you know, not making it about yourself and that I need to hang out with you. Um, and then also, you know, it not being a, a sort of reconversion or let me get you back in the clutches before yeah. you go down some destructive path that we can't save you from. Yeah. Um, and, and that's, I, you know, I don't even know if that's, I mean, I do, I think it's possible. One of my best <laughs> friends is a Christian and, you know, and still, and I, you know, I've definitely, I think we've helped each other through this and so there's no there's no judgment and we were, we're both kind of on our own paths and when we bounce things off of each other and we figure it out and we've both grown from it. Similarly, my husband, um, which I've been very lucky to have a partner who, who can go through uh, things like this and it not, you know, and not question, um, if he loves me or, or if mm. I am the same person, you know, and we, we've been on, on, we've each been on our deconstruction journeys and at times they've been very similar and at times they've been very different. Um, here we are, he still would call himself a Christian. And at this point I would not call mm -hmm. myself one. So, um, but it's fine, you, you know, and especially ha like gr growing up and, and, you know, having to be equally yoked in that meaning that yeah. you believe the exact same things and, <laughs> uh, and you always will believe those things. Um, I, I've been very lucky to talk to, and I know you do too, talk to so many people who, who, who don't have that experience. And yeah, absolutely. I mean, you saw the post I did. I mean, it must have been either earlier this week or end of last week, but it was basically saying like, hey, what are your stories for those that are unequally yoked? You know, for those that have mm -hmm. gone through deconstruction, a partner haven't, like, how did it work out for you? What are you experiencing? What pains do you have? What victories do you want to share? Like, share. And, and the, the, spectrum of responses were just fascinating heartbreaking encouraging exciting I mean, it was a whole mishmash of emotions and um and stories but um yeah it doesn't go well for a lot of people that's it this is it because mm -hmm. hey we signed a, on a dotted line here you know to death do his part through sickness and health sure i'm with you you know, for yep. better or worse, I'm with you. But as soon as we bring up, oh, wait, but you don't believe in Jesus? Whoa, whoa, whoa. That wasn't even in the contract because we were so certain that would not even be an issue. An we didn't issue, even yeah. like, we didn't even think about that. That's why we got married. Like the primary reason we connected was because at least we were both going to the same church and believed this. Mm -hmm. Then on top of that, there was attraction. There was this, there was that, yeah. you know. Um, and and it is it's, it's literally a death knell for a lot of people if they can't 
navigate that. And, and I do think like you is possible. I've got plenty of friends that are Christian um, that have figured this out. Uh, and, and, and I've had to figure stuff out as well of how do I communicate well with them and respectfully and mm-hmm. you know, do life yep. with them well. But um, I, I think it is possible. It is possible for us to kind of break out of our uh, fundamental black and white approach to life and realize, hey, we can do life together and have slightly different beliefs and engage with some of the same topics in different ways. That's okay. And actually it might even be good for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Cool. And I think that's key, right? You, you have to be able to break out of the black and white and you have to be willing to expand um, mm. the perspective, whether or not, you know, uh, you end up changing your perspective, knowing someone else's perspective and and being okay with with it, it is a big the big deal and yeah. i think as long as you as long as you can do that then I, then it's certainly workable but if uh i and that was the thing too like i'm like you can't promise a person a safe space though and then not be safe because no. and that's you violate thing. that you violate that and and it's, and it's over yeah. <laughs> because that is the danger in the sense of you know these people that are going well how can i help my friends that's going through deconstruction there's a whole like vetting process before you even answer that question almost it feels like because you're like well what do you mean by help your friend yeah. what do you actually mean and, and yeah. if they're going i can see they're in pain and i want them to you know know that they've got someone to sit with them if they need and to process and just an ear to listen and you're like okay you actually mm-hmm. want help Mm-hmm. Whereas if they're going, well, I can see they're falling away and they're losing their relationship with God and I'm worried they're going to hell and we need to get them back on the straight and narrow. It's like, oh, yeah. I, that's the same Stay away. intent. <laughs> you do want yeah. to help. That's help to you. Yeah. But it's not going to be helpful for this person. Yeah. It's, mm-hmm. it's not actually a helpful process that you're offering. Um, and so until they can engage with like, oh, that's not what they need they need something very different than what I think help will look like mm-hmm. because we know, right. We get that text. I posted another post the other day where you remember the, like, this is blurry and the guy puts his glasses on and I think yeah. it's like, uh, <laughs> Hey, I've not seen you like in a while, how are you doing or whatever? And he puts his glasses on and the text actually reads. It's like, we noticed you weren't I at know. church. Yeah. <laughs> We're counting the week. So, you know, like, you better get back sooner, but that's how it works. Right. These people send these very lovely, well-meaning texts and going, Hey, I haven't seen you around in a while. It'd be great to catch up. But you're also like, hmm, pastor's wife never sends me texts. Why does she mm-hmm. want to catch up? Oh, she's doing the de- the DD conversion, you know, yeah. like or the 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 yeah. reconstruction back into Re- exactly yeah. what we were. Mm, it's like <laughs> literally, were, like let's build yeah. the house you knocked down back together out of the rubble. Um, mm-hmm. Don't bring any new parts in here. Um, so and, yeah. and and we and with the reason we know that is because we've been that person probably on some level whether we've actually gone and hunted out people that are going through this process and tried to bring them we've at least seen that in the church we've all gone oh we better pray mm-hmm. for them we want them again out of all great intents based on our world framework that is people that aren't in this box are not saved or in danger of burning forever like these yeah. are you know reasonable if i thought someone was going to burn for if i thought you were going to burn <laughs> forever in your own you know sin and squalor with satan sticking pineapples up your butt and whipping you with like you know cat and nine tails for billions of years i'd probably go hey brit we gotta talk like, <laughs> we gotta figure this out because i'm worried right now you know like, yeah. i would um and so like on some level you can't hold that against them but you've gotta yeah you gotta go hey but just a heads up this is gonna push yeah. them further away you realize this right 
Um, how yeah. much more so when and it's your was, wife you know, or, you know. Right. Yeah. And, and the questions did come from me. It was, I was doing one of your myths and I said something about either you, you just end up completely losing your friends or, um, or they just want to, you know, either they just ignore you or, or they're coming at you with a, with a let's have coffee. But by that, I mean, um, I want to reconvert you or yeah. I want to hear the hot gossip so I can tell everyone in prayer meeting, right. What we need to pray for you about. And, uh, and so thankfully, you know, the people who have reached out so far, they're, they're looking, they're like, well, how can, you know, how can we keep the friend, you know, how can we keep the relationship, but not be, um, you know, uh, a person who, you know, who, and not be someone who, who the deconstructing person doesn't need right now. Yeah. Um, which is nice to see that people, that people are noticing it. Cause one of, one of the people too was like, I have been, you know, she's like, I've been walking alongside a lot of people who are deconstructing and, um, it's it, like, it's interesting to know, like, she's like, by some of their responses to me, I think they may be feeling, you know, that, so how can, so how do I keep the relationship, mm. but not, you know, impose that on someone? Um, and I, and I, you know, I, some years ago, I was still, I was still in the throes of church, was cert certainly in, in this, you know, I had deconstructed a lot of beliefs, but I was, you know, still super involved, um, loved Jesus, uh, you know, <laughs> and uh, someone, uh, like a, a good friend of mine, um, she and her husband had suffered a miscarriage, and mm. it, it broke them. Um, they, they were just so, they had tried for so long to get pregnant. And they finally did, and they were keeping it quiet just in case, because um, you know she had she had some fertility issues. But they were just, it was like a week before they were like getting to the point where they felt like they could you know tell the world like we have this bundle of joy and we're so excited. And she miscarried, and it just completely rocked their world. They just they weren't even sure about their faith anymore. How can how can a loving God allow this to happen? knowing that we're so excited and this is what we want more than anything in the world. And, um, a few months went past and, you know, they, they pretty much just ignored any sort of, of, you know, outreach that I tried to do, um, mm. from, from a very pure place. I was, and I don't mean outreach in the, in the sense of, of like evangelizing, just like trying, trying to yeah. hang out with my friends, you know, trying to be there for my friends. And, uh, finally one day she agreed to have dinner with me and, uh, and I was sensitive to the fact that like, there, like, you know, there's probably some anxiety about what, how I'm going to approach this. And so I made sure, like, I let her pick the place. Um, you know, I tried to be very intentional about like it, it being centered around her and she showed up. And when she saw me, there was just like this huge sigh of relief. And I was like, Oh, are you okay? And she was like, yeah. She's like, I just kind of half expected that you'd have 10 other women here with you, like ready to pray, you know, ready to pray for me and tell me that, oh, that I'm going down a wrong path. And I was just like, Oh my gosh, I would I like, I would never do that to someone. Mm. But, but then I thought about it and I'm like, well, you know, I would expect that too. If I, yeah. you know, if, if the yeah. reverse. so, um, so I get it, but yeah, that's just, that's not, a, that's not a good relationship for, for anyone. And no. but there are a lot of things that you have to realize before you can come to the conclusion that, um, that's unsafe because 
yeah, you think you are doing ultimately the right thing by, yeah. by saving a person from, from a fiery eternity of, of torture. Yeah. Uh, wow. And yeah. That's huge. So how was the, you know, you talked about deconstructing these beliefs for years and years and years, um, bit by bit, kind of whittling away kind of things that you were like, that's not healthy, or there's a better way to see God, a better way to see kind of like Christianity or, or my faith. Um, but then you talk about in the last kind of year or so, is that right? That you kind of like really were like, I have deconstructed. Um, what was different in that? You know, what, what, what was the difference in your, uh, like, cause you seem to be kind of, um, drawing a line in the sand of like, Oh, this was like kind of just like deconstructing some beliefs. And this mm -hmm. seems to be something, a whole nother thing. Well, Can you yeah. talk me through where you kind of draw the line in the sand and what, what, what was found on each side, if that makes sense? Sure. Yeah. Um, so, so I would say, um, you know, at the beginning it was like, there's just like questions arising, like things just not making sense. And so I dig in a little bit to that and then, but it was, there was always like a stopping point, right. Of like, well, God definitely exists. And these things that I believe about God are definitely true. Mm -hmm. So, um, just trying to reconcile the, the, the two poles that, that I was seeing in the church. Right. And, and so I became as a little more and more, progressive and and definitely was disenchanted with church at, with you know actually going to church or participating in in church dynamics at different at different times and like I said always kind of just like missed it and ended up getting uh ended up back in it and I would always learn I would always learn more um on on a positive side and then I would also learn more of like oh hey this is this is a consistent problem. And like, now I've learned to enact boundaries better. And, and so I'm catching it earlier or, or whatever. So, but I would say what, what led to what I call, a, I don't know, a more rapid and deep, deep, deeper deconstruction, um, which I would say, so I'd say the last year I've been fairly comfortable with, um, like there are still things that come up that I have to deconstruct but I'm out of the like whirlwind, overwhelmed, you know, crying, not sure if I want to die. Um, part of it that was that was probably like a, a year a year and a half process um, before that. So um, we moved, my husband and I moved to Nashville in at early 2017 to take care of my grandfather-in-law. He had been diagnosed with terminal stomach cancer and needed some help wasn't going to hire anyone we kind of wanted to make our way back to this to the southeast anyway and uh and was like well why not go now so mm. um our first year here was mostly spent he passed away after like four months of us being here but um we still helped my grandmother-in-law transition to life without him and we lived they had two houses on their property we lived in one we helped take care of the place and uh and so during that time there wasn't really we didn't have a lot of time to try and find a church right like that was like pretty right. well a full-time job not to mention i actually had my third miscarriage right before the move like like while we were packing whatever and and i ended up just going into a whole it was a very it was a very like chemical hormonal depression um and so all the little bit of energy I had that year was, was put toward that. I had no, um, had no extra energy to try to like, let's find a church home or whatever. Mm. But, 
um, after um, we kind of got out of the thick of that, the depression and, you know, them not needing or his grandmother not needing us as much, we're like, okay, well, and now we need to find jobs and, <laughs> um, and we need to find a church. And my husband uh, at that point was feeling like he actually wanted to work in ministry, which he actually has a degree in practical ministry um, whatever. That is. That's an amazing title. <laughs> practical ministry. Backhanded compliment on everyone else. It's like, well, my ministry degree is practical. I don't know about yours, but. Uh, so we were looking, we we're looking at jobs for him in church and we ended up stumbling across a new church plant, uh, here in Nashville that was coming. Uh, the pastor was coming from this church in Florida, had a lot of like mega church backers, like the, mm. the budget was pretty good, but still, um, like if you were gonna, coming on as staff for the f- first year, at least you're going to have to, you know, raise support. And then hopefully the church would be, would, you know, be able to sustain your salary and um and the video they did like gosh it was so good it pulled all the right heartstrings and had all the right buzzwords and nice um because you know here again buckle of the bible belt we don't need another church like you can throw a stone in any right. direction yeah. and you're gonna hit a church and um but this one just seems so different and anyway george didn't get the job but we were still so enamored with the idea of the church that uh we were like well let's go let's go check it out and be a part of it and so they had this is an arc church plant so they do these things called launch parties um where you know for months before you have these little get-togethers and but it's like it's like a no pressure thing there's food uh the pastor and his wife tell a little bit about themselves and their heart for planning the church it's like for 10 minutes and then that's it and they actually recommend that you don't do any sort of extra gatherings during this like launch party period because you want to keep the like you know because everyone's like begging for a worship night or something but you want to like keep the the suspense and not you know not let it filter out too early or whatever which all were just kind of like huh um but but the whole like they they were just like you know we want we want it to be collaborative and Mm. come as you are and you know, we do, we want to meet people where they like just all the right things that now are is like, okay, everyone's, everyone says this, but, but it just, I don't know. It felt, it felt different. And, and like where I was, I was like, I was still, you know, hopeful, like we can pull something like this off and, and like really be there for people and be, and be a different, um, sort of, of light, you know, even in this, even in this area with all of these churches. And then as we were so we were so into it and mm. uh, and so involved and then it got closer to to actual launch day and then some things were just not not sitting quite so well anymore and um and then there was you know we made a compromise here and a compromise was like well no church is perfect and so even though we don't 100 percent right. agree with this like you know, like we've been in this before, we know we can survive it. Uh, you know, and then, and then all just like out of nowhere, all the things you want to say right at the beginning of planting, yeah. really, isn't it? No church is perfect. Well, we've got through that, we survived it before. I was like, it sounds like we should really dive in, right? <laughs> All right. Um, which 
and then and then all of a sudden like out of nowhere and and this wasn't even like um like because we had like it was pretty clear who the who the core leadership was going to be uh, and this wasn't even like a meeting with just this was actually a launch meeting with like other like people who are meeting us for the first time and they throw out this um this contract that you have mm-hmm. to sign i actually i think i sent it to you as like can i get your thoughts on this and uh and this was not even just for for staff this was like if you wanted to greet people at the door for free on sunday um you have to sign this and uh and and there was a mix of like you know the standard things that you would think and then there were a couple of arbitrary things on there and then there was a lot of language that was very vague mm. and um i was so tra- i happened to see like while we were setting up i saw the the contract sitting on a table and I like broke out in hives and uh, I texted my husband and I was like, did you know anything about a leadership contract? And he was like, no. And I was like, they have one. And I like snapped a picture of it real quick yes. and I sent it to him. And, um, and then, yeah. And so they, pa- and it also got passed out. <laughs> like whistleblower like- shit, you know, like <laughs> taking your photo, uploading it to WikiLeaks, you know, like Julian Assange is like, you know, releasing it from a like Colombian, like uh, embassy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and uh and like and here's the thing about the launch parties too is like we like they were meant to be pretty short so it was it was like an hour um you know sometimes people would stay a little bit longer at the end and, and chat or whatever but it was just like just an hour of your time and and this is getting closer to the launch so there actually is like some teaching about who who we are this is where it all went bad right with the actual teaching about who <laughs> when we it's are. not just food you know <laughs> <laughs> They um, stopped feeding us as much and they started to talk. <laughs> I wasn't so big a fan. And uh yeah, and, and then you know the pastor got a little long-winded and went a little over and it was like, okay, well, there's only five more minutes left. So um here everyone is a contract for you to sign if you want to be a part of leadership and you just you know sign your name there, turn it in. The admin's gonna be picking it up and and like see y'all next week. Wow. And you had to uh, sign it like, there and then. Yeah, to sign well. it there and then. Yeah, they didn't explain, you know, like they didn't leave time to explain it because he talked so much about yeah. all the other stuff. And, and no so, time and to I'm run like, it by your lawyer or anything <laughs> like that. You just like sign this, hand it in. I'm like sitting there looking at this thing and I'm like, and I'm about to have to go tear down, right? And, uh, and, I, and I'm like looking at it and I'm like, I just, I, I just like, I don't, I don't want to lose. Like, I'm really excited to be a part of this community. I don't want to lose it. I don't want to sign it. I can't sign this. I can't sign this. And so I was just going to like slip it in my pocket and think about it, pray about it over the week, talk to my husband about it. And, um, and then the, the admin showed up with a pen and just like, and handed it to me. It was just like waiting there expectantly Amazing. for um, me to sign it. And, and then, and then I have like the associate pastor, like, Hey, Britt, because I was like heading up a team to put, you know, I was the one who knew how to put things back right or whatever. And, and I'm just like, uh, and I signed it and I gave it to her and I immediately wanted to throw up. Mm. Um, and so I get, I get through, you know, all the motions of, of, of tearing down or whatever. I hop in the car with my husband and he's like, you didn't sign that. Right. And I was like, yeah, I was like you did. Right. And he's like, no, he's like, I, he stuck it in his pocket and he walked outside and he just like went for a walk. Wow. And I was like, oh, lucky. <laughs> <laughs> and so we just like, we, we got home and we looked at it and we talked about it and I sent it to you. 
And, uh, and I just, I had this like pit in my stomach all week long. And so we went ahead and we reached out to the pastor and we're like, Hey, um, we didn't realize this was going to be a thing. And we have some questions around some of the verbiage of this and, and, you know, want to know exactly what the penance is. If you like break one of these things, like what kind of, you know, what sort of system are we holding ourselves accountable to here? And, um, the, the associate pastor ended up, um, meeting with us the following Sunday before, before the launch party. And honestly, like he didn't even know this contract was coming and he, oh. you know, he was more of the like, well, you know, I'm going to sign it. And he's like, how much worse, right? People, like we expect people will not be perfect with this. And, and I'm like, well, I know that I'm not going to be. And so, you know, cause I already, like I had written them and asked them, I was like, Hey, can you like not enter this into a system or whatever? Like I need to have a conversation about it before, mm. you know, before I've officially signed this. And, um, and he was just like, Oh, like, he's like, you know, it said no gambling. And, uh, and, and we're not like big gamblers or anything, but George's like, I don't want to sign this. And then my buddies are having a poker night and I want to go, you know, right. for some fun. And I'm sitting here like, well, I've just lied now. And, uh, you know, and there was stuff like, like profanity on there. And I'm like, well, I guess I can do without that. But I actually, actually love saying these words. <laughs> and, uh, which I'm, I'm going to have to do a whole thing about profanity and, and how absurd it is that these words are considered bad anyway but um but there was but then the things that I really like had a problem with was like we it was like we expect big things is what it said and uh (laughs) that's like if you look at like you know like smarter goals or whatever you know I mean like that kind of thing it's like this is not very specific measurable like attainable like big like at any point passing pool saying listen Brit here's the thing expect big things right now not so big not so big not so big so you gotta you gotta be doing bigger and you're sitting there going what do i do like how how do i get to big like it's such a funny like (laughs) vague like yeah wow and by this you know and by this time i've like i've you know i've learned about boundaries and i've learned about (laughs) self-care and we were i was straight up going in with them too like hey we want to be a part of this but like you know i'm not gonna live and breathe this this is not gonna engulf my entire life and and like and and yes i have all of these skills but i'm only gonna offer you these because because i can't like it just can't have church be my entire life anymore and uh, and the way that they had talked it, they had like brought up this we expect big things before, but it was like we ask for big things from God and we expect big things from God. And I was like, that's not on here. <laughs> like <laughs> that's not what it says. And and the and the associate pastor was like, well, I mean, if we expect big things from God, then we're obviously going to expect big things from you too. And I was like, I'm sure. Okay. Like, what does that mean? He's like, well, and I'm just like, yeah. And, uh, you know, nothing that would cause your brother to stumble. And I'm like, that could be literally. Yeah. Like, yeah. Sure. I'll stop sticking my foot out in the middle of the aisle and watching people trip over it. But like, I can't. But you're like, going to roll those shorts up past the knee <laughs> because that's the way you are, Britt. I mean, you've been doing that for I'd years. Say, yeah, I've been doing it for years. It's a little Jezebel over here. So <laughs> anyway, oh, uh, just kind of like no one could give us any real answers. And we we're like, well, we can't sign it. And so they were finally like, well. Um, you can come and uh, you can come to 
the service. Uh, we'll expect you at 5 a.m. You need to put up all of this pipe and drape and then you'll have to take it back down afterwards. And other than that, like you weren't, we weren't allowed to greet people. Um, we weren't, you know, couldn't do anything like with worship or any, which was one of the things I said I wouldn't do anyway, but couldn't be a small group leader, which was something that I really wanted to do. And, Sure. Uh, and, and I just like, we, it was another one where we tried, we stuck it out for a little while. We told them like, Hey, um, if this is all it's going to be where, you know, like we'll help you get started, but we're not going to be here long-term. And after a couple of months, it was just very obvious that it was time to move on. And, and that whole experience is kind of what solidify, like during that whole experience, especially leaving it, it was like, okay, um, no more compromising. Um, I need to figure out exactly what I do believe and mm -hmm. what's causing me to subject myself to this kind of culture. Um, cause it's clearly not working. Yeah. And, uh, and so, so that's when I just kind of went like much deeper and started digging in a lot more and studying things a lot more, which then again, you know, like more answers led to more questions and um, the book, The Atheistic Theist, which you recommended, mm. became, it was like a, a, a big catalyst for me That's and helped awesome. me actually get to the point where I could be like, okay, well, I think I figured most everything else out now. The only thing left, is, you know, the only big question left is, does God exist? Mm. And, and who is he if he does? And that was a question that I never, ever, ever thought I would ask. Like to me, that was always the, the one thing right. that was going to be true and and not that it isn't i i don't know um i'm open to there being there's certainly still some things i can't explain and again i i, I can't see myself just i can't i don't see myself firmly having a whole set of <laughs> belief systems ever again um because i feel real duped um you know especially as someone who has always asked questions and, and i'm very intellectual person in general but always had sort of a blindness to to the Christian belief system because of all the, you know, all the things they tell you, um, you know, you're not supposed to believe with your intellect, it's safe. And, uh, you know, and there, there's always the, the like filler, the filler answers that last for a little while. And then you're like, wait a minute, that's not, that's not acceptable. Um, but, but yeah, that, I mean, that's what Lon, then that's what I would say drew, drew the line. Like it was that event, I'm not going to be like, oh, this church was the reason. Um, but it was that event that just kind of was like the, yeah, the, the last Jenga piece that, that, uh, that came out and, mm. and, you know, cause every, every, every other Jenga piece to come into question. So, um, but yeah, that yeah, it's really interesting. It's, it's fascinating the the things that do spark occasionally and or, or or just give permission like it's the thing of like i'm holding back i don't want to really start looking at the very nature of god or the existence of god or you know whatever our maybe our line of like now that's my line like at the end of the day i know that i'm not going to question that but there's some of the things that can push us over are sometimes the least likely that we would have guessed would be like that thing like you know like you're saying you're like ah, i've been through enough churches right now i know if i go through another church it'll be ah, we've been through another church i'll find another church and um, but then somehow <laughs> the next church is the thing that they're like you know what why am i doing this what is going on here what is it in me that's mm -hmm. like, what is um it just fascinates me really it's, it's just really intriguing how um 
because I'd imagine a lot of the things you went through in that process, they, they probably didn't surprise as much as it's like, what the fuck is that a contract? Yeah. I can imagine from your backgrounds, you know, in different kind of quite extreme kind of movements and stuff, you're like, yeah, contract. Yeah. I mean, I grew up as a teenager getting quizzed every week on like how often I was masturbating for thinking about guys <laughs> or whatever. I'm like, okay, some more like religious shit. Yeah, I got it. Yeah. Yep. Uh, and yet that was, it's, it's, you know, it's, it's a final straw or whatever it is um, that just gives us a little bit, just enough permission to go, okay, let's look at the God thing. Let's just have a peek. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. It's really and I, fascinating. And I'll credit, you know, I'm not, I'm not like a, a fan of Bethel anymore or anything, but I will definitely credit them with, with like, I learned so much from them mm. about, about freedom. <laughs> um, ironically, I, you know, the like, I, so like by this point I got I got into the point where I was like okay I don't like I'm not gonna be controlled by other people or an ins- or institutions or, or whatever like freedom in Christ is 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 freedom and so signing a contract that takes away freedoms that don't need to be taken away you know that aren't yeah. hurting anybody like why why am I gonna do that there's there's no no reason for that yeah no it makes sense it makes sense but uh yeah, it's, it's just, I, I love hearing different people's stories and I love like kind of unpacking this story. It's a, it's, it's a fascinating journey. I mean, we were talking on our, um, the Discord server this week and I think someone mentioned, you, you gave an introduction and someone was like, that's yeah. an amazing story. I want to hear more. And I'm like, this is how I feel with everyone I talk to. I'm like, that's yeah. such a, oh, I need to know more. And um, it always fascinates me that like on paper, I'm, I'm very fact and data driven. And so I'm always like, I get really excited about the idea of a podcast with an expert, like, you know, like, like mm-hmm. Paul William Young was on recently or, you know, so, or yeah. like a grief expert in the process of deconstruction. I'm like, Ooh, that'd be fascinating. And yet the podcasts I enjoy the most are ones like these where I talk to someone <laughs> I've known for a little while, chat back and forth, you know, if we feel comfortable, but just going, what, what happened? Like, just let's, let's unpack this and explore it. Um, because it is, it just reminds you just how raw, real, human this whole process is there's you know uh, so many people that try and demonize this process there's so many people that try and frame it as one thing or another but when you actually hear people's stories you're like yeah that seems like a really yeah i could imagine that happening i could in your <laughs> shoes i would have done it that way probably um we've all done it slightly different of course you mm-hmm. know enough correlation of like yeah i've been through that but then enough that we go oh i didn't go to that that's a good thing i didn't go to that <laughs> church because that sounds like hell um yeah. But yeah, it's just it's utterly fascinating. And I'm really excited that, you know, we, we talk about all this shit and all this abuse and all the crap and wouldn't wish it on our worst enemies. Um, and yet it becomes this beautiful launch pad and catalyst for us being able to help other people in that situation. And, and that's, a, that's a beautiful thing as well that you have been able to process this to some degree, that you've been able mm-hmm. to walk through this. Um, how was it walking through that? Like, was that when you did kind of kind of come to this term of going, okay, kind of thinking like this whole thing, I'm just going to put it down. Was that an easy process? Was it quite hard? Did you struggle with fears, anxieties? Were you quite excited and happy? I mean, what, what, what went on in that <laughs> initial? Yeah. All yes. Of yes. To all of the above. Um, you know, when the, the, when that question finally like surfaced as, as a legitimate next, like it was inevitable. I feel like, you know, just like, I think everything 
when you when when you're learning when you're learning something it's an it's inevitable to to, to you know ask the next the next question the next question and i think and we were talking a little bit about this too like oh like a little bit afraid to send someone into deconstruction prematurely mm -hmm. right if they're not they're not ready and i do think and and you know this would attest to like like the seven years or so before i went through this like rapid process like your system does know um just like it protects you from from trauma or realizing the trauma that you've had like it's not gonna let you do things before you're ready it the process may still be super difficult and terrible it, it, at one point you know suicide was a very real contemplation during during wow. the time but it was like that's it's in it like i never thought i would ask this question specifically um is god real um and if so who who are they really and but it was like i have to ask it you know at this point it's like everything else has turned out to be very different <laughs> than i thought it was so if i start building a whole belief system without questioning this one thing then i'm always going to wonder um you know and, and i truly and i truly thought at the time too like i'm going to i'm going to go through this and i'm definitely going to come out knowing for sure that god is mm. real and and that hasn't been, <laughs> that hasn't been the case so far. Um, I, I, I definitely have some like evidence both ways, but, mm. um, I, I'm not, you know, uh, there's no like bitterness or, 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 or weirdness there to, to people who do, who do believe. Um, but I, yeah, I, I felt really lost ironically this is like is this what they mean <laughs> like you're you're lost and you're found like this is like i feel really lost right now um and it was just in that you know that was like the cherry on top of already like i didn't know i was just trying to figure out what i what i believed about anything that felt um i felt very duped like i said and so it was like it was a blow to the ego and the intellect and it was also just a like wow how was i like like not only how was I so blind, but how are all how are all of these people around me like so sure that they could you know that that we could all be convinced that things were that things were so certain, and um, and yeah, I found myself it, and it was just about it you know it was just a little over a year ago it was, it was like the weekend of of July Fourth, which is Independence Day here, mm -hmm. and uh, I was in a real bad place, and uh, and I was like I don't. I don't know what I'm going to do. And, uh, I saw, I was at the grocery store. I had to go, we were having a thing at our house and I went to go pick up an ingredient we forgot. And I just like sat there in the parking lot of Kroger and I was like, I could just like ram my car into a pole and well, that would really suck if I didn't die. <laughs> yeah. So I probably shouldn't do it. Um, but, but, you know, just sitting there with this sort of like fantasy of it or like, you know, I lived on a, on a really dangerous road. I was like, you know, I could, I could do something and it wasn't. And I just, I just like sat there for a few minutes with whatever rice or whatever in my hand. And I was like, yeah, that would be better than this. Wow. And, uh, and then I was like, well, um for you know we're gonna have to do something about it and so uh, i was like you know i also didn't go through all of this just to die i guess so mm -hmm. um so you know finally got my wits about me went home and uh and then after 
like the next day I was like, all right, let's, let's figure something out. And, and I just, I just did, um, <laughs> so, so that I wasn't in that, in that space anymore, but, oh. um, it can be very lonely, even with, you know, again, uh, blessed to have a partner to, to have walked through it the way that we have and, and to have a couple of really close friends who, who, who have been absolutely supportive. Um, not everybody gets that, Yeah. but um, it's still, it's still lonely. Like it still feels lonely. It still feels isolating. Um, it's still a little bit scary to me. Like my parent, maybe they'll hear this podcast. I don't know. So maybe someone else said it to them, but they don't know, uh, you know, and, and it's not, it's not that I'll never have the conversation. It's just that already when I'm around them, I have to pick and choose what conversations we have in yeah. order to keep our experience uh, healthy at all. And, uh, and, but I do dread the, the, like, I fear for your soul look when, when the time comes for them yeah. to know anything about this. So, uh, I, but, but I felt for since then, like, you know, I'd say I got, I, I, I like pulled myself up after that and, and was like, we're, we're gonna, we're gonna figure this out. Like, we're gonna be okay. And shortly thereafter, I would say within a, within a couple of weeks, I, I really felt like I was on the other side of, of like the, the major wow. part of it. And I am someone, we talk about this in the discord group too. Like I like to be in control. I like to know what's coming next. You know, I'm never going to be the person that we go on the kayaking trip and I don't know like what's around, you know, <laughs> what's around this bend. Like we're not, we're not going to get stuck. And so to say <laughs> that. Funny. To say that I'm embracing uh, uncertainty in, in, you know, in the sense of like, you know, I don't, I don't know what the afterlife is. Could be any number of these things, or it could be something we haven't thought about yet, <laughs> um, if there's one at all. And uh, you know, and I don't know if 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 God exists, and if they do exist, uh, you know, where is it? Like, are they? Did they just create everything? Like, you know, how involved do they, are they, how, you know, how involved do they care to be and what expressions are, are there, you know, or is, I, I don't know. Uh, so, but it's also been very liberating to, mm. to take that, um, to take that approach to it. It's very, um, the pressure is off. I feel like I can explore any line of thinking and listen to anyone's experiences and, and not have to um, come at it with any sort of judgment or like fear for my own life of like, what if I, you know, what if I decide that I like this and it's, and it's terrible, you know, or it's terrible for me, or, you know, it's something that's going to impact my, my afterlife or, or even, you know, even my current life. There was one, one time I haven't, I haven't been a person who has so much worried about the afterlife and deconstruction. You know, I, mm. I talk to a lot of people who are like, what if I'm wrong and I go to hell? Yeah. Um, it's a big one for a lot of people. I didn't really, I didn't really have that. I, I mm. it just, it made sense to me once I decided that hell as I knew it was not a thing. Um, it just made, it made enough sense to me that I'm like, oh, I'm not particularly worried about this, but I did have the one thing that did come up for me that was kind of big was in March, I, I quit my job and it was a very, it was a very toxic workplace. Um, and it was, it definitely fed my savior complex in the sense, like I saw the red flags at the beginning when I took the job two years before, but I thought like, Hey, I've survived this. 
Um, I'm better for it. Like I know how to navigate this. I can help, which is a trauma response. If anyone <laughs> out there needs to hear that that is a trauma response um, to see a red flag and stay. Um, so that 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 deep of a red flag specifically that is specifically related to, to trauma you've experienced before uh, anyway i finally and it was like i got so like in it and um i didn't know like there was a lot of narcissism at play from from my boss and just convoluted a whole lot of things and then whenever it was like when i finally saw what was happening i couldn't unsee it you know, and then, and then it was just like, okay, oh my gosh, I've got to get out of here. So many people are being hurt by this. I'm complicit in this. Um, and um, so, so I was leaving and, it, or, or when I was trying to figure out like, okay, I've got to, I've got to create an exit plan here. I've got to figure out how to do it. And, uh, and I just all of a sudden got so worried that, you know, it was like, this was the first like major decision I'd made in my life that I didn't consult God mm. for you know, and I was like, oh my gosh, what if I'm wrong? And <laughs> like, because I didn't, because I didn't consult God, they're going to like, it, you know, this is going to be a terrible experience and I'm never going to find another job. And, and it's going to be the worst wow. decision that I've made in my life. And I'm going to be broke and, and all of this stuff. And then I was, and it was just like, wait a minute. Like, if that is who God is, then I don't want any part of that anyway. You know, like if they're gonna they're gonna ruin the rest of my career and my livelihood yeah. because I did you know I didn't say a prayer and ask for guidance on what I'm supposed to do and leaving a clearly toxic situation, then I, I don't want any part of that mm. anyway. And then, and then it was fine and and everything worked out really really fine too. Like amazing things came out of me leaving. That's awesome. Um, <laughs> and so that that was just it was great for me too to to remember. And then also, um, for, for the, like the first time ever in my life, I actually like praised myself for like, wow. like good job, Brit, for getting out, for recognizing and getting out of a toxic situation yeah. and for, you, you know, for all of the work that you've put into and the skills that you've learned to be able to walk into this amazing position that you have now. And, you know, like you did this and, um, mm, and it not just awesome. be, and it not just be, oh, it's we little me over here and God is big in me and God did all of this for me. Um, not to say that there isn't a God who set, who, you know, helped set this up. But, um, but for the very, very first time in my life, I was able to acknowledge my, my own skill and my yeah. own growth, um, you know, as opposed to everything being God. Yeah. That's so funny though, isn't it? Like, you know, something like hell, which is such a huge, like, I mean, eternal consequence or whatever. And then like something as simple as like, well, I forgot to pray once and you're like, oh my God, like this is a disaster. Um, it's just funny. I think we're quite, quite similar in that regard though. I always joke um, with my wife that I will literally, I'm pretty convinced I'm going to die young and it will generally be on some level because I'm too principled to back out of some sort of situation. Um, and, and that is the kind of driving force in me, uh, like with stuff like hell, I've never ever had existential crisis over hell being correct. The concepts of eternal consciousness and mm -hmm. me burning there forever. Cause I'm like, dude, send me there. Now I know that's a very privileged position to say that from where I'm like completely sure, comfortable absolutely. in my house right now. And I'm probably have changed my tune like 20 minutes into hell, but I'm like, no, screw the gods that responds to people that way for mm -hmm. being wrong, thinking he was too good, whatever. Pfft, if God's that much of an asshole, I don't want to spend any time with him anyway. Send me to the back with Satan. Yep. Mm -hmm. I feel like more affinity for that guy than this yep. guy. 
Um, and, and yeah, I'm just like, yeah, like you, but like you're saying there with that kind of thing of like, wait, so God's going to like totally screw me over for the rest of my life, not be able to help me have a job, find stability, find purpose in this life because I forgot to pray once or because I came to a place where I'm not going to pray. Like, it seems like a real asshole God. Screw that God. Yeah. I don't want his help anyway. Right. And screw you. I'll do it on my own. Um, it's, it's that I think there's something... Um, there's probably some very unhealthy components to that. And I, I definitely am working through some of my unhealthy um, stubbornness. Um, but I think there's something about finding um, an inner resolve an autonomy, um, uh, individual self and ego, a discovery of an ego that doesn't get to live in Christianity. It feels like Christianity kills ego before it can exist. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think ego needs to be developed before it is put in its place, you know, before yeah. it dies. And I think Christianity is far too quick at killing ego so that people never actually learn any form of autonomy, any form of self, any form of um, desire and drive, and, and at least recognize that that can be a good thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, no, wow, power to you. Like, that's amazing. <laughs> like, it really is. Yeah. I love when I hear stories of people and they go, I wouldn't have done that in the past. Or if I had done it, I've ascribed that entirely to God. I would have thought, well, yeah, I would never have been able to do that. Like that, it's not, I'm not like that, but God helped me. That was amazing. But to be able to go, no, I, ha- I have, I've become a better person. I've worked on my skills. I've become more intentional in my relationships and protecting my environment and having healthy, you know, work environment relationships in the workplace. And yeah, I said, nope, not doing that anymore. Screw you guys. And then I used all those skills that I've developed to leverage a better opportunity. I mean, like that's, yeah. It's amazing. It's really, really exciting. Um, And I think that's part of part of what I think can really keep us going in the deconstruction process is seeing these victories of like, okay, I'm still, you know, whatever people waking up in a cold sweat at night going, Jesus, I just dreamt I was going to hell because I thought it was wrong. And my God, that was realistic and terrifying. Yes, we may have some really traumatic moments as we kind of work through some of those uh, very real existential crises and neuroses. Um, but there are these victories along the way as we discover ourselves in new ways, as we discover new ways to explore spirituality, life, our relationships, our work, mm-hmm. whatever it is, finding new purpose that is built through um, a more internally constructed desire and, and meaning rather than an externally given desire and meaning, which I think a lot of us, for a lot of our younger years, that's how we, we operated, you know? Yep um yeah it's it's huge i just um well the episode before this i just recorded yesterday will be with a guy called brady harden if you come across him Mm-mm. he's got some great stuff on instagram and, and twitter as well actually um but he is an atheist now a, a human a secular humanist um mm-hmm. and he from the age of i think eight said he wanted to be a pastor and like you know help people and develop people like because his family went through this horrific breakup and real traumatic experience. And at eight, he went to church uh, as a coping mechanism. He went, I think with his grandmother or something, you know, so there you go. Um, And (laughs) and because that helped him navigate that very tumultuous time, he was like, this is how I help people. This is how I'll help other people like me. And, and he went through that, the whole process. Um, ultimately uh on some level birthed out of like a a, an externally given desire to the desire to help people was maybe a true inner desire but the 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 mechanism through which he could do that was externally constructed by his trauma and by this uh this crutch right that that church had become for him 
Um, and so, yeah, it's, it's just really exciting to see people grabbing a hold of their, their autonomy and seeing how they want to help people. And, you know, you're like, I want to help missionaries and I see missionaries <laughs> burning out and, you know, really struggling. And I want to create a safe space for them to be, you know, recharged and energized. And now you're doing very similar work, right? You're finding people yeah. that are burning out and struggling in their walk of faith. And you're going, Hey, come to me. I'll sit with you. I'll help you. I'll energize you. I'll feed you. Um, I'll, I'll give you tools, you know, and whatever it is to make life better for you to be able to do what you feel called to do and passionate about and whatever. Um, you know, you, you're redefining some of those external components of what was very much part of who you are. Yeah. Um, and that's exciting to see. Yeah. Really, really exciting. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> I'm excited um, to see where it goes. Very me too. Me yeah. too. Um, I don't, you know, sometimes I get a little caught up in the like, well, what if I say the wrong thing? And, and, you know, what if I'm not as informed on this topic as I think I am, but I, and, well, I actually like a little bit of that because I like to, and part of what I want to do in the storytelling is show the journey. Like, you know, I didn't go to bed one night thinking abortion is murder and then wake up the next day, like pro-choice, you know, and I didn't go to bed one day thinking, yeah. Uh, being gay is a sin and then wake up one day fully affirming there were a lot of you know there's a lot of like work and intention mm -hmm. uh throughout the process to get to get from one to the other uh, so um you know if i say something wrong or i'm not informed enough on something now i will you know you'll get to watch that process yeah unfold. absolutely yeah. Um, yeah. and I'm not, I'm never going to shy away from apologizing if I do something wrong, you know, for, yeah. for owning up to something, but yeah. it is a little terrifying to just get like, it is. oh, I'm going to get ripped apart. <laughs> <laughs> well, as someone that's been ripped apart a lot, um, and dealt with it better at sometimes and not so well at other times. I mean, you've been following me for eight years. You'll, you'll have seen me get ripped apart occasionally <laughs> or see me say some stupid things along the way. Um, hopefully less and less stupid as time goes on, but who knows, you know, like I'm sure in five years I'll look back and go, oh, Jesus, for what did you say? <laughs> um, because that's, that's part of it, right? It's really hard for us not to look back at where we were in the past and go, oh my gosh, what like, you know, absolute incompetent imbecile was I then, you know, and truth is yep. we the best person we could be then. And we did what we could and um, absolutely. But it's, it's a beautiful way to learn in some ways as well. It's a very humbling way to learn, but, yeah. yeah humbling is probably a good thing to learn as well and experience <laughs> yeah. isn't it i mean yeah absolutely no i really i really appreciate what you're doing i'm excited to see this kind of like start birthing out of you and 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 um uh yeah and, and you emerge onto instagram uh, being a voice that that is equipping mm -hmm. people and helping people i'm really excited and so hopefully people should follow you right so how do people connect yeah. with you um if they want to connect with you um, Instagram best. Instagram is probably the best. Um, it's the platform I most use. It's at Brit Herbert, B R I T H E R B E R T. Um, I have the same handle on Twitter, which I I may end up using if nothing else, just to be able to more easily and quickly create slides of stories because that's what people seem to want from me. Not like a long caption, but actually right. slides. But it takes a long time to make them all pretty and aesthetically pleasing or whatever. So I may end up just posting everything on Twitter and screenshotting it and bring it lazy right Twitter I screenshot. I love it. <laughs> um, uh. but, uh, but yeah, uh, those are, that's the, that's the main one awesome. is Instagram. And 
Perfect. Well, we'll get those notes uh, notes in the show links links in the show notes <laughs> um, yep. for sure. And so, yeah, people connect with Brittany, follow her stuff, read her stuff, message her, and tell her how great a job she's doing. Tell her when she messes up, but do it graciously. Um. <laughs> <laughs> please do. I like. Yeah. Please tell me when I mess up. And please tell me when I mess up. God, I need that. I really do. My my ego, you know. <laughs> so I have to get my headphones on my head, you know. So. <laughs> yeah. Well, but, uh, it's been great um, having thank, you. On. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, it's it's really fun. Uh, I I like had a whole list of things that like might come up, or, or like if 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 the conversation <laughs> went dry, I could be like, oh hey, um, I don't think we talked about hardly any of those things. That's but, hilarious. Uh, <laughs> well, yeah, we'll maybe have to have um, you back on at some fun. point to work through them all. Yeah, um, sure. We can do it for sure. Um, but yeah, um, thank, thanks so much for suggesting it. I had even thought, you know, you're always like, who should I have on the podcast? And, and I'm like, when? I would love to be on the podcast. But, you know, little old me, I'm not going to ask for that. And so when you're like, you should be on the podcast, I was like, yeah, let's do it. <laughs> it's, it's really hard for me to like, um, yeah, to figure out who to have on, like, because I think pretty much anyone has an amazing story, you know, and, mm-hmm. um, and so I, I think, yeah, we chat enough on Instagram that I, I think it's, it's really hard for me to remember every person I talk to and, and kind of keep their story in this linear path. Like you telling sure. about the story about the contract. As soon as you said, and I said that contract, I was like, Oh yeah, that was you. I remember that, I remember yeah. <laughs> that contract to some degree. I mean, I, I've, I've seen a lot of contracts, believe it or not. I've had a few sent. Uh, I should have kept them all in like some sort of folder. They're just so funny. Um, but yeah, it's, it's very hard to remember every part of every person and then realize, Oh, this is who I should have on. This is who I shouldn't have on. Um, did I lose you there for a second? You froze for a second, but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, so it's yeah. it's great to to yeah. just, we were chatting and I was like, why do I have Rick on? She's awesome. And I love watching her stories on Instagram. I love her chats. Like, I'm like, you have a good story. Let's get it on, uh, on, on the podcast. And, and so people can hear it yeah. um, for sure. So yeah, thank you so much for coming on. Um, I really appreciate it. I'm sure we'll yeah. chat in the next day or so anyway. So, um, yeah, yeah. For sure. Yeah. And we'll have you back on at some point um, right. in a few months yeah, or so. Let me know. Work through your list. Yeah. Absolutely. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> let me know when it's going to air so I can. Yeah, I will do. I think uh, I'm running. I'm running tight on my podcast episodes. I, when I first started, I was like many weeks ahead. But because I bash out mm-hmm. two a week, I mean, like you get through them so yeah. fast. Um, sure. I got close to, I've got a couple that I recorded and they were like, could you release this in like October the 29th? And I'm like, yeah, but I kind of yeah. need to release it tomorrow because I have no more podcasts left. <laughs> like quickly just going, who can I have on a podcast? And I'm yelling at my wife, do you want to say something for a podcast? Um, so yeah, so fairly soon. Um, I think I would probably, love to. Has your wife been on? Uh, I keep badgering her. She, she's, she's slowly coming to terms with being willing to, um, uh, I think there's a few different components of that. And hey, sure. like I'm not pressurizing anyone to come on a podcast. Um, but yeah, so I think you're about two or three out. So it'll be a week and a half or so. Um, cool. But I'll definitely let you know for sure. I definitely, um, I just, I hadn't listened to a ton of podcasts recently. I don't know why, but I've been like 
cramming <laughs> for this and, and like listen to I was like well I like I haven't listened to any of Phil's in a while I need to like is, is it changed I need to listen so I listened to funny. a ton and uh well, they're not really short great. so <laughs> no I do some serious to, homework I, I do listen to everything at two times speed so that helps uh, <laughs> although I got told um today by by a friend of mine um he was like you know I listened to my podcast at 1.3 he's like you sound like Ben Shapiro at 1.3. And I'm like, I don't know what to do with that information. <laughs> Faster. <laughs> okay. Um, so I kind of want to go back and listen to myself at 1.3 uh, times. But uh, yeah, that's funny. Yeah. No, two times is yeah. it's tough two times, but it's the way to go yeah. a little bit faster. Yeah. Occasionally uh, I have to slow something down, but, yeah. but I try for two. <laughs> I, I think I speak fairly quickly as well. It's, it's it's fine when people are like very cadenced and slow. I'm like, speed you up. If I could do that in real time. Oh, amazing. Um, I, uh, but yeah. well, and it depends. I, I think I always kind of go, I'll talk a little bit slow and then I'll get real fast. And, um, it's, but sometimes I'll like watch my Instagram stories and I'm just like, oh my gosh, like speed it up. <laughs> talk faster. What's wrong with you? And then I'm sure it doesn't help that I listen to podcasts and I'm like, da 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 you know so in my mind you're just racing at all times yeah yeah that's um, but yeah so I listened I listened to to several and then that led me I you know I caught up on some God is Gray and then I finally actually went after I listened to your podcast with Dirty Rotten Church Kids I actually finally went and listened to their podcast for the first time I so followed good. them for a while I engaged with their content but I had never actually listened to Likewise, uh, <laughs> for like months, I didn't listen yeah. to their podcast. I'm just like, these are good memes. I love their memes. I love the memes, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, um, but funny. it was good. I'm like, well, now I'm back in it. I'm back in listening to podcasts. There you go, so. caught up. What was your um, What was your favorite podcast um, of late? Like uh, of yours, or just, just in general? Just like, in general. Give, give people a good recommendation for a good podcast. Yeah. Um, so. I, w I w absolutely would recommend Dirty Rotten Church Kids podcast. They just have like a great mix of humor with, with real life mm. stories and, and, and collaboration from their, uh, from their followers. Mm. But, um, and God is Gray always just yeah, you like her stuff. amazing. Yeah. Um, awesome. And then I just going to have her back on for sure. We're, we're trying to arrange yeah. a time. So. Yeah. anything if joe lumen is a guest on anyone's podcast listen to that 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 lady has so much yeah there's so much gold there um even if like 30 percent of it is the same story the rest of it i promise is gonna blow your mind in a different yeah. way i want to get then, her on again just to like really really dig deep because i feel like yeah. we heard her story and then bounced around a few different ideas but i'm like but that's kind of what she does on all podcasts and maybe mine is a little longer so maybe got a bit more depth but i'm like mm -hmm. now if i had her on i would just i'd be like hey joe what's up let's go <laughs> like, i'm just like boom yeah. uh, people know did, your story they can listen to the last one let's do this you know did you listen to the dirty rotten Church not yeah podcast? it's on my you, list um, i uh, i mean they talk about like they cried um it 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 was profound for for me as well i i was just like oh my gosh it was like the words that she spoke are like i don't know it's like even though it, it just seems so individual like so many people it seems like it was like oh it's as if she was speaking to me and like exactly what i needed to hear <laughs> in the moment when it wasn't you know she was just she was just sharing it wasn't even like it wasn't meant to be 
anything prophetic or healing to a person. She yeah. was just talking about experiences. It's like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I needed. And oh yeah, that's what I've been thinking, but I haven't had these words, you know, to, to verbalize it. it. It's very, very good. Mm. Um, and then a non, a non like deconstruction ex-evangelical type podcast that I love. It's a, it's an American history podcast, but with a comedic uh, stance is the dollop. Oh my gosh. Um, I, as soon as you said with a comedic stance, my brother sent me a link to the dollop probably about three years ago or so and he was like uh, dude he's like i love this he's like i know you have no time for podcasts but please just listen to this yeah. and it was the one on donald trump yeah and i listened to that episode it was a two-parter i think and i mm -hmm. cried my way through it it was so funny yep. like <laughs> when it started when it just the first like line of the podcast basically was like donald trump was born to and then what's his dad's <laughs> name fred christ trump and i was like and they were like that's not a mistake. The guy's name is Fred Christ, Christ Trump. And I'm just like, I had to pause. I paused and I was like 12 seconds in and I just sent my brother a text and I was like, thank you for this. This yep. is going to be the best. Yeah. They are so funny. Because it's basically so a guy that really knows his history and then his friend who just like constantly yep. bugs him with yep. interjections that are funny. Yep. Um, yeah, doesn't so know who, who the topic is going to be or what the topic is going to be. And, and, they, and they just go for it there. I mean, there are so many amazing ones. I definitely recommend the, the Ronald Reagan one, especially if you're someone like me who grew up hearing that uh, Ronald Reagan was the greatest American president um, ever. You're going to you're you're gonna be in for it. even if you know even if you already knew like me like that that dude was a little nuts you're you're gonna learn a lot of things gonna blow your mind they also did a mini series uh, the dollop uk which uh oh. which is which is pretty good and and you might enjoy that oh i need to check well. that out as well okay <laughs> you, you've got me inspired i literally listened to that one podcast and was like that was amazing these guys are the best thing ever and then never, never listened listen to a single word they said again and this is how i live my entire life <laughs> like this is how i read books this is how i engage with topics this is how i make friends i'm like you're the funniest person out I've ever met. I will never talk to you again, though, because I'm busy and I've got lots of friends already. Yeah. <laughs> Same with podcasts. I'm like, I have like two podcasts I listen to right now. I barely get to listen to them. Sorry, guys. Sorry. For the best comedic <laughs> podcast I've ever heard in my life. You didn't make the cut. Like, it's like my standards are just off the charts based on like me not having time. It's really harsh. Yeah. So yeah, I'll maybe dive in and check the the Ronald Reagan. Yeah, one. Dev definitely That's listen funny. to it. It's also excuse me, also a two-parter, but you won't yes, feel like you wasted your time. Okay. I'm, yeah. a, I'm up for it. I, I, I did scroll through all their different stuff and I was like, oh, there's so many things in here I'd love to. Because I, yeah. I love history. It's one of my favorite mm -hmm. things to, to read and engage yeah. with. Um, yeah, absolutely love it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Awesome. Well, anyway, Rick, yeah. I'll, let you, I'll let you go. Um, yeah, if anyone's still and, listening at this point. I know at this point. Like if people if people message you and were like, I love your dollop recommendation, you oh, really you listen know, to this podcast. Hey, you made it all the way through. It. You need to if if you're on uh, Twitter, you you tweet Britt Herbert and you just hashtag the dollop or something like that, you know, she'll know it's a code that you made it to the end. Yeah, there you go. It's a true fan. That's it. Yeah. That's all right. Funny. Thanks, Phil. All right. Love you, Britt. I'll catch you later. Yeah. You too. Yeah. Bye. Bye. All right, so that was Britt Herbert. If you want to track with her and all she's kind of putting out there, um, I do encourage you to give her a follow on Instagram. 
especially her stories that she works through some really interesting stuff and and kind of talks through um different posts and things like that it's been really um fun following her i've enjoyed that um so it's just brit herbert on instagram and it's brit herbert on twitter i'll put the link in the show notes so you can click through to that um if you are deconstructing and you want to connect with other people that are going through that same process it can be a very lonely process for a lot of people and having other people to do this with can be very much a game changer um the deconstruction network is a great resource for you so do check out the deconstructionnetwork.com it allows you to connect with other people that are deconstructing in your local area um thegracecourse.com uh, a great resource with lots of um, teaching. Everything is free. All the stuff I'm do- uh, I put out there is free. So thegracecourse.com is a great resource for you. Please connect with me on um, Instagram if you're not connected with me already. It's just Phil Drysdale. I love to chat with people, help them through their journeys. You know, help them process, um, put out different research um, and and different helpful infographics, memes, quotes, different things like that. Um, so I'd love to connect with you on there. And finally, if you love what I'm doing and that it is all free, you can support me um, by becoming a partner um, or a patron. You can find me over on Patreon, just search my name, or you can find um, my partner program, uh, which is basically the same thing, but uh, Patreon take a much bigger cut. Um, so it's just phildrysdale.com slash partner. Um, and because everything is free, I don't have much to offer you, but we do have a private discussion group and we have a monthly Zoom um, for everyone that partners with me. And so um, if you like a little bit more of a, a tight-knit community, um, please, by all means, feel free to, to jump on that resource. Um, anything from as little as $5 a month um, gives you access to that. And, and it really means a huge deal because it allows me to pay the bills, keep doing what I'm doing full-time. Um, I, I throw everything I have at what I'm doing here. Uh, with the podcast, with engaging with people, with helping people um, day in, day out and talking with folks for hours on end. Uh, so it means I can't go work a, uh, a nine to five or anything like that. And so people's uh, support means a great deal to me. Thank you so much for those that, that do give already. Um, anyway, that's all for now. Um, as you've picked up on, there's only one podcast a week this month in August. Next week, we'll have Keith Giles um, and we'll be talking about the end times. And then come September, we'll be back into the two a week um, regular schedule. And so um, you've got plenty of time this month to go back and uh, do a deep dive. If there's episodes that you haven't uh, checked out, by all means do that. There's so many good episodes uh, in the backlog if you've you've just discovered the podcast. So by all means, uh, get stuck in. Anyway, I'll see you next week. Have a good one, guys.